Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk, and AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 here in the Kiva, here for Tuesday afternoon, and it's going to be a fun one, got a lot to get to, don't forget you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, as long as the stock goes down, 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 it's not looking good for them uh, either, even though they split and they did all that kind of stuff, and don't forget you can also get us on Apple TV, as well as Roku TV and the podcasting, as well as the apps at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, as well as rockoftalk.chat. All of that and a lot more. We got D-Dowd Muska in studio for, wow, a second day in a row. Am I dreaming here? (laughs) I don't believe I'm dreaming. He's here with his uh, little small uh, Dion's pizza that he got. Uh, The uh, the very woke Dion. One meal a day. Yeah, one meal a day. It's very woke, but... uh, uh, Dowd's making his attempt to go ahead and dissuade uh, the uh, wokesters over at Dion's Pizza. You might enjoy your ranch and all the rest of that stuff, but uh, folks, it is still a very uh, pro uh, Albuquerque United organization. Everywhere you go in, the posters there, the posters at the Albuquerque International Airport. Woke as woke can get. Uh, who is not woke? Well, one Donald J. Trump. He declared basically for president today, although it, then the news isn't going to carry it that way because it wasn't an explicit declaration. But as far as I can tell, based upon the latest straw polls that are coming out, he beat uh, uh, DeSantis straight up 80-20. And DeSantis isn't really trying, although the DeSantis uh, will call him disciples at this point, uh, as well as the Trump, uh, you know, hold out forever uh, for Trump are, are both, you know, bar- there is no fight within the party. That's happening right now. I think both sides are coming together. They see the opportunity and you're seeing no barbs being traded either by Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. I think it's going to be a Trump DeSantis ticket uh, with DeSantis easing into that second uh, term. Very likely. I think that that's more than likely going to happen. They'll secure Florida. And uh, let me tell you why, because I think they see something that you don't see. And I'm going to line up the rest of the show right after I make this statement. Before the presidential election, Let me tell you what's writing on this. The reason why Gavin Newsom is up, and yet I'm going to ask you, Dowd, if you have heard this up until this point. I doubt that you have. We're moving away from the Electoral College for the 2024 vote. It is going to be a national popular vote, ladies and gentlemen, is what we are likely going to elect. Have you heard Hannity say it? Have you heard Clay and Buck say it? Have you heard Glenn Beck say it? Have you heard anything about the uh, moving away from the Electoral College? You probably haven't heard a single thing. When's the last piece of news that you actually heard about the Electoral College? See, folks, I just sit here and batter stuff in my head. I get it. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, why Gavin Newsom? Why Gavin Newsom? Why Gavin Newsom? And you start looking at population centers for each of the states. And what makes the most amount of sense is a national popular vote to move away from the Electoral College. And uh, yet it's all clicking right in your head while Dow does the uh, drill down on the mathematics for the opening uh, problem here for this afternoon's edition. This this uh, <clears throat> class is in session for the Rock of Talk. We'll uh, drill down on all the uh, items that we'll address, uh, including, well, COVID. Uh, we'll we'll jump into that. Fauci has uh, reissued the mask mandates, even though it's not a mask mandate. They won't even say that 
uh, folks. Um, that's uh, th- that's just the way it's going to go going forward. We'll talk about the danger of lying about mRNA vaccine failure. Our very favorite Alex Berenson in for that one. We'll get into the Hunter uh, Biden stuff. Dowd actually sent me a couple of articles on Hunter Biden. I was very surprised to see that. He's he's playing the little politics even. I mean, he never realized what's uh, his big election at year. stake. It is a big election year. Well, Brett, Eddie, I mean, just the only sure. the thing that surprises me about it is if you're talking about possible chicanery within within the FBI to shield a politically connected family, yeah. uh, I'd almost say that's subverting democracy. If oh, proven, wow, right? wow. We, the, I thought the that com- only happened on one side of the, the political equation. The, com- <laughs> the Republicans have become Democrats and the Democrats have become communists. That's where we are in this country and we continue to be I think the conservatives uh, out here and we're, 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 we're against gay marriage and all the rest of the other things that out there. Not that we're, I mean, we're really down and I, uh, you know, we're against all of that stuff, period. Uh, <laughs> Brett Kokonitis will join us for uh, section four here of the first hour to talk about uh, his, uh, the, the lifelong Republican. I'll be for Republican forever. Kevin Bedoni or Karen Bedoni, excuse me. I'm sorry. I said that uh, homelessness uh, hour two uh, front page of the Albuquerque urinal. Uh, yes, uh, they're uh, not just going to go ahead and clean up the urinals here, uh, but the uh, urinals are at Car- Coronado Park. And uh, we got two morons at uh, the helm of the uh, mayorship, uh, both in Albuquerque and the city different fantasy. We'll talk about Alan Weber and then uh, housing. Boy, houses for sale are staying on the market longer. You're hearing about a uh, different housing market out there. Tigo and Tracy are the best persons. Uh, to go and talk to you about uh, that. You can hear them uh, Saturdays at 10 a.m. And also talk about the nation's largest home builder. Says more buyers are canceling deals amid growing real estate market pessimism. We'll get into economics and inflation. Amazon raising the prime prices in Europe by up to 43%. Oh, what is going to also hurt them? Transitory. It's also going to hurt a company like Netflix, uh, the big investors, uh, your partners, as Dowd often says in the uh, investment in Netflix, not looking good for Netflix going further. General Motors, Walmart, not looking good either. Uh, we'll also uh, delve into consumer caution, and uh, Dowd's going to have some stats on the IMF, the CoreLogic Case Shiller's 20-City Home Price Index. We'll get into the conference consumer confidence and the Fed's manufacturing survey as well. And then uh, education, we'll talk a little bit of that. Arizona looking a lot better to educate the money following the students, not the classrooms or the teachers. And then um, the culture of fear inside the CYFD is reported right here. And then third hour, Elon in space, Twitter and TikTok, a little bit of your texts and your calls. Wide open uh, third hour here for you and me, the doubt will make three here on this afternoon's edition of the Rocket Talk. Okay, so let's uh, really very quickly uh, just talk about what Donald Trump did. He came out, he spoke for an hour and a half, and ladies and gentlemen, I carried all of it. <laughs> nobody else had it. Nobody, America's first agenda, nobody else was discussing this. Where'd you get the feed? Oh, where it doesn't matter. Doesn't I matter. carried <laughs> it. I carried it, and we carried it for you. And I got to tell you, it was a different tone. And let me just tell you about the one item that stood out to me. I mean, there were several things talking about drugs and, and uh, China and, you know, how much more successful he was and how different things were while he was uh, at the helm. Let me tell you something that stood out. When he came out and he said that he insists on a death penalty for drug dealers, I'm like, whoa, ho, ho, ho. are we going to insist on uh, death penalties for gateway drugs as well, including states? We're going to put the death nail in the coffin. Now, it was uh, Ben Ray Lujan who just uh, introduced the legislation, passed the House going into the Senate to advertise drugs. Yes, marijuana is still a Schedule One. We got the lawbreaker Lujan family uh, here 
for the uh, crime, uh, uh, the, the crime syndicate that is here. Let's not forget they're very close with the Padilla Bros uh, down in the South Valley, no, uh, in that area. So they, uh, of, of course, are feeling very, very emboldened right now. They can deal as much as they want. You can smoke a joint at the stoplight, et cetera. But Donald Trump stopped me for a sec when he said, we insist on the death penalty. These people, why China doesn't have a drug problem on why, why we do. And we're not trying to become communist. It's a you know, top-down dictatorial style in China. But that woke me up. I'm like, okay, he's back. And then at the very end, to wrap everything up, he says, no, it, he doesn't want the easy living. And I thought maybe you know, he'd want to ease into retirement. I would think that that would be the most logical thing, Dowd, but that is not what he wants to do. So he basically said everything but... I am running for president of the United States. And let's not forget, he could actually, I believe, I looked this up, I told you about Kamala Harris, if she gets in before the year, you know, then, uh, of course, she can't have uh, more than this term. And if she gets in after the beginning of the year, then, of course, you have her going for two more terms um, and possibly bringing in Gavin Newsom or something like that on a national popular vote. Donald Trump, I believe, could run again and get two more terms i believe that that is the case he wouldn't be necessarily removed from that and there's a little snafu on that so i'd love for dowd to check in on that if he could get two more terms that might actually launch him into the possibility of getting a third term unofficially let's see if that actually happens back after a quick break here the kiva we'll talk about covid when we return presidency uh, in 1947 so this is about two years after fdr dies uh, march april of course of 45 fdr dies and hitler uh comes to an end around the same time within a few weeks of each mm -hmm. other took four years to ratify of course goes out to the states and it has to be ratified by a super majority of the states so here's how it reads and how <sighs> under the constitution if we care about the constitution in our in america still if, some if. of us still do right. uh you can be president for 10 years and here's here's how it works no person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice. Of course, two years, two, two elections would give you eight years. And no person, here's where the vice president comes in, no person who has held the office of president or acted as president, and that gets into the whole, you know, incapacitation thing, for more than two years of a term to which some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of president more than once. That's convoluted. Basically, if you... Uh, serve less than two years if you're the veep and you take over that means you can run for two full terms uh on your own if you serve more than two years you can only run for one term so theoretically so the kamala thing works theoretically in january 2023 two years after mr biden was sworn in uh if a couple days later uh the vice president takes over she could be president for 10 years <clears throat> There you go, folks. Possible. Yeah, possible. that is possible. And uh, Trump cannot get elected to a third term. No. It would uh, be by way of DeSantis and then straightening the ticket. But he could run as VP. But at that point, he would be 87 years old. Is that about right? Yeah, I yeah. think that would be a You think DeSantis would take the, take the second slot? I think he would. Okay. I think that's kind of the uh, discussion that's happening right now. I well, think what's happening ego, was you know? not happening know. here. What's not happening here is, you know, there is a team effort to sort of take over and not missing the opportunity. So there's 
I saw Kevin McCarthy there. We saw uh, Senator Scott from Florida who was there. We saw uh, Huckabee Sanders uh, who was there and a bunch of other people uh, who were there at the America First Agenda Conference. So if they're there and they know what's good for them, they're going to keep the team together without uh, creating any sort of quabbles, squibbles, whatever you want to call them uh, between one another. And I think that's the way they, they're going to look at it. They're going to look at it uh, to get together and uh, take all, unify the party as in and so far as much as they can so they don't miss the opportunity. Because if we miss the opportunity, I think we lose the country and we lose the country before we get to 250 years. So I think uh, they all see that. And Newt Gingrich is there, so there you go. A man who would love to be king for the rest of his life, uh, one Anthony Fauci. Yes, uh, here he is, uh, folks. Take a listen. The man just is uh, can't stop. Won't County, stop. state, or city that has a very high level of dynamic of viral circulation, the CDC would recommend strongly that you wear a mask in a congregate indoor setting. Mm. And that would include schools, places of work, uh, anything that brings people together in a closed uh, environment. That is good public health practice. Now, they have not had good health public or public health practice, as you know. They have failed uh, miserably on every front. Uh, more than 600,000 deaths under Biden's watch, uh, 400,000 plus deaths on uh, Trump's watch. When you compare it uh, to the 313 days from Trump from the time it, it, it got introduced to the time uh, that he left office, which is 313 days, also starting on 313 was, uh, believe it or not, yes, <laughs> the actual pandemic uh, at that time. Uh, Biden has him by more than 80,000 deaths, which I think he was from January 20. TV, so that is a cut off, but we'll uh, bring us back in. And there we are. Okay. So back to uh, COVID. So Fauci is going back to recommending the masks. Okay. Recommending loosely termed, but we all know what is uh, required by your employees. Many people are requiring their uh, vaccinations uh, in order to be employed as a, a case of employment. Certainly Sandy and National Labs uh, has done that. I mean, this is something that it, in my opinion, I don't think that we can keep up with. Now, I think you have to go ahead and focus on your own personal health, right? You can take care of yourself. If you wear the mask, it's for yourself on a plane. I told the guy, I hope you don't mind that I'm not wearing a mask and you are. And he says the mask is basically to go ahead and <clears throat> protect yourself. Now, the Wall Street Journal had an article. Think you've ever had COVID-19? Think again. They're trying to gaslight you. Here it is. Most people have been infected with the virus. Epidemiologists say, oh, are we supposed to trust our epidemiologist, the one that was fired by Michelle Lujan Grisham or other quote unquote local epidemiologists who are no longer and all of their science has been um, undermined. You, you, you've blown the holes through it, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. People are, are basically saying uh, you have to go test to see if you have the antibodies. Dowd, will you test for the antibodies? Just a quick question for you. I'm not participating in any of this nonsense. I didn't do it two years ago. I didn't do it one year ago. I'm not doing it now and I'm not planning to do it a year from now. I don't plan to take on any other tests uh, as well. I don't, in fact, I don't trust the tests. Not a um, PCR. And uh, certainly don't, will oh. not have anything invade my, I took one test. One gaslighting from what is coming from a increasingly woke, uh, journalistic, if you will, uh, organization. Now, let's go to the man that we actually can trust and that would be one Alex Berenson. The danger of lying about the mRNA vaccine failure. Folks, it's not a vaccine, period. This is modifying your RNA. 
people don't know what they're injecting into their bodies. They don't have physical autonomy anymore because they are being required by some sort of outside force, which is forcing them upon it. And they're doing this by gaslighting you about Joe Biden and his Paxlovid, which you heard, I think, uh, Dr. Summers referred to it as uh, the hydroxlovid, I think is what the way he referred to it as, or the, the other uh, reference, which is um, the other cure-all, which is a very quick, and they have, what, 60, 65 million um, remedies that have been housed and not being allowed at one, I think, one-hundredth of the price. I think it's $5 for, for this, where it's $500 for the packs of it. They're trying to get you to put this in your body, and I wouldn't even trust this at this point. Okay. And they're saying it's a quick recovery. I don't believe it. I don't think there's any reason to continue to go along with what the science or what the national uh, or what the government or what the national news is putting out. Because we're also getting certain things like COVID jabs are impacting both male and female fertility. That report just came out. And the, 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 the biggest, I think, most impactful number is 5,000 cases of sudden adult death syndrome. And they're trying to determine why young people are suddenly dying. I don't think there's any reason to trust any of these people on the government front or what Dr. Fauci just saying. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Back in four here in the queue. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me, just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Boy named Sue. Happy birthday to that song. Uh, Back in 1969, it was uh, released. It was written by Shel Silverstein. Uh, Yep. Uh, Where the sidewalk ends. You know, all those uh, great. That's when your children weren't being morphed by uh, drag queens, uh, D. Dowd Muska. You actually had to. Yeah. (laughs) I remember just carrying that book. I remember everybody carrying around that little black and white book with the you know, little uh, squiggle drawings and all the various other things. A lot of people uh, texting in. I appreciate that. Uh, back then, Eddie, uh, back- vaccines uh, actually worked. Uh, I'm looking right now at the latest epidemiology report from the state. Uh, 52.6% of all Rona deaths between the 20th of June and the 18th of July have been either vaccinated or vaccinated and boosted. That means a majority now of our deaths are from people who did exactly what they were told and are dying nonetheless. And so I think it's incumbent upon us to, you know, talk a little bit more about the mRNA. Remember, if they can get you to mask, they're not even asking about the vaccinations. The vaccinations are like, if you're employed, if you're working anywhere, if you're in public, they're just almost going to expect you. In fact, I had somebody at the airport, she showed me her vaccination card. I'm like, what? You have a vaccination? It's the first time I had actually seen it. And she was, uh, you know, had it out as a badge of courage. I said, what, what is that? We were standing in line at the uh, airplane. And she says, well, that's my vaccine. I said, yeah, I don't think yet you have to show that. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Like she thought that you had to show it in line. And I was like, wow. Eddie, I'll let you know in a little secret. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I know a guy and uh, I, I have a vaccination card too. <laughs> while having never, oh. while have never having been injected. Uh, somebody I know just gave one to me and said, yeah, you might need this sometime. So wow. I, was, yeah, okay. I, I have never used it, but uh, I do have one. 
Yeah. So I guess <laughs> if you possess one, that wouldn't be illegal. So um, as we know, COVID is curable because it it it, it uh, didn't kill off a seventy nine year old uh, senile old man who uh, acts uh, as 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 president. That would be your president, uh, Joe Biden. Here we are. Everybody knows the truth. How can it be so sure? In the most basic way, no one gets an mRNA shot anymore, not for themselves and not for their kids. More than a month after regulators broke every guideline, they have to approve the shots for children under five. More than 97% of kids under the age of five remained unjabbed. COVID and the COVID vaccines are still doing inestimable damage to our society. The failure of the mRNA shots after the hype that surrounded them when they were introduced in 2020 is deeply disappointing. Yet they're going to continue to try and get you to take the shot. Here's what um, I heard a big fine for fake Spax cards, Dowd. Be careful. I said I okay. possess one. I have not flashed it. <laughs> so here we go. Let's take a listen to, to this. This is really uh, interesting. My wife, a nurse practitioner, will not prescribe Paxlovid because it, and which is what President Joe Biden took, because it negatively interacts with so many currently used medications. Do you mm. see what we're see which way we're going here? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you get the COVID, they're going to want you to go ahead and take something. They're figuring out that's another way in, since you're finding out the quote-unquote vaccines are ineffective. And she gets new warnings each week on that. That's from K-Man. appreciate that, uh, K-Man, for uh, checking in. And I'm looking at all the, the data as well. COVID CDC says Bertolio County is currently a high case count January versus July. Is that true, Dowd? Uh, double check on that uh, if you would. Okay, so this is this is sad. Oh, Eddie, I uh, just got. Wait, hold on one second. Okay. I just got the my niece just got the jab. She's thirty years of age. Now she has heart problems. Oh, this is along all those same lines. I, I heard on your station that the RNA shot can modify your DNA. Uh, where did you hear that from? That would be, of course, from the uh, Pfizer, Dr. Yeadon. Remember, he was the first one to put that out more than a year and a half ago. He says there's no way they can develop a vaccine based upon 30 to 40 parts. It would take umpteen years to go ahead and develop a foolproof vaccine against this. They're in a hurry to do, do so. It's politically driven, and it would take 30 to 40,000 parts in order to get a full vaccine to this. And as you know, it's constantly being modified. And you say it's X amount effective, and they want everybody to take it. But they're literally telling you that if you took it, you're most likely to recover quickly. One has nothing to do with the other. Uh, either a vaccine prevents it or it doesn't. You get the flu and it's 40% effective. You say, oh, I got the flu anyway. Well, it doesn't mean that it's going to go ahead and cure future flus. Let's let's stop there. Dowd, go ahead. No, just a quickly uh, confirmation from the city. The city, because of the disturbing numbers in Bernalillo County, they are going to an all Zoom meeting for the next city council meeting. Mm. That was uh, commanded by Isaac Benton, uh, the city council president. Uh, he moved that the August 1st city council meeting to, uh, to a virtual platform on Zoom, so you cannot uh, redress, uh, petition your government for redress of grievance in person as of uh, Monday. They're going back to back to Zoom. There you go. Okay. So what what's at stake here? <laughs> you know, people aren't wearing masks. People are allowed into stores and various other places without masking, although it's recommended. I think they're creating, and you're seeing more and more people out in public with masks once again. The only thing you can claim here is that there's a midterm election and they want to count who's with them and who's against them and then penalize those people as if we don't care about our health. Well, you're not vaxxed. You're not wearing a mask. Well, you don't care about anybody else around you. And you're trying to say that you've never had COVID and you're taking care of yourself. Well, they're trying to say that you already had COVID. Every single turn that you go to, you're being told that you've already been infected. 
and you stand a chance of possibly getting COVID yet again. So what, what are we talking about at this point? I can't make sense of it other than politically. I can't make sense of it medically. It doesn't make sense to Dr. Summers medically when he talks about it. There's no other way that this can be driven except uh, towards a political angle. I don't see it uh, any other way, but uh, we will see how this continues to be played out. Now, going back to the sudden adult death syndrome, doctors are trying to determine why young people are dying. Why young people are suddenly dying. This is brand new. What has come out of COVID is, is what? Well, the fact that Young people are dying at a far higher rate. Athletes are dying at a far higher rate. To better understand the phenomenon, they sat down the Epoch Times with Dr. Michael Ackerman, a Mayo Clinic genetic cardiologist and the president of the Sudden Arrhythmic Death Syndrome, SADS Foundation, to get his expert on how COVID and the vaccine affects heart conditions under the age of 35. We just heard from such a person in our audience today. He explained what SADS is, how it's diagnosed, and what can be done to mitigate the chances of becoming one of the five to 10,000 Americans that die from SADS every year. Prior to the mRNA vaccine, two things, how many people were actually dying from SADS? I don't know the number, but I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure it's far less than what it currently is. You might remember the professional soccer players collapsing uh, visually. The impact of that on so many people and people trying to tell you, oh, that, that, that's fake. That's not real. Now let's go back to the uh, fertility thing, also from the Epoch Times, pushing this stuff out. COVID jabs impacting both male and female fertility. First COVID shots rolled out in December 2020. Didn't take long before doctors and scientists started writing and warning of possible reproductive effects. What have we also seen? People who are jabbed, who are pregnant, miscarriages hit an all-time high with the jabs. Miscarriages, fetal deaths, and stillbirth have also risen after the rollout of the COVID shots. Lionsgate Hospital in North Vancouver, British Columbia, delivered 13 stillborn babies in a 24-hour period. All of the mothers had received a COVID jab. Countries are now reporting sudden declines in live birth rates. The UK, Taiwan, Hungary, Sweden, Germany. In the five countries with the highest COVID jab uptake, fertility has dropped by an average of 15.2%, so much for trying to get pregnant. The five countries with the lowest COVID jab uptake have seen an average decline of only 4.66%. Folks, the numbers don't lie, and this is data-driven, not from the science or the stabs at science, but essentially the numbers. Four in 10 COVID jab women report menstrual irregularities. How about for men? Well, <laughs> unable to reproduce... Uh, no sperm counts uh, have also now been detected. I mean, there's a whole host of issues here. I don't know what else we could possibly talk about when it comes to this other than, hey, folks, this just ain't working. I'm not going to get it. You're not going to get it. People need to take responsibility at this point for their own health. Women are not being warned about the risk for miscarriage when given the COVID shot. They're not meant to sign anything. And remember, there is nothing that you can do to sue these companies Nothing. They've been given a 75-year sort of hiatus, both in producing the science and also limiting them for all liability during the pandemic. Tragically, doctors are also on a worldwide gag order as well, according to the Epoch Times. They steer patients away from the COVID shot at the risk of losing their medical licenses from where they're providing, quote-unquote, medical care. 
As late as the midpoint of this month, the U.S. Vaccine Adverse Reporting System, VAERS, had logged 1.35 million adverse reports following the COVID jab, including nearly 30,000 deaths, 29,635 deaths. All this stuff is published. All cited, all backed up, and everything, ladies and gentlemen, everything has been data-driven. 550-5500, Dowd, your reaction very quickly? Well, I'll just go with Alex Berenson's uh, line here, and I, I agree with him. Uh, they're, they're, they just won't apologize. They won't acknowledge these problems. Uh, and I, I think this whole claim about this is some sort of depopulation tool, uh, I don't agree with that, Alex says. I don't think Bill Gates wants to depopulate the world. He can just buy Montana if he wants privacy. My conspiracy theory, really rich people don't care enough about you to want you dead. Um, and I got to agree with Alex on that 100%, but they just won't admit it. Come forward, admit it. You got it wrong. Um, and, and, and why should we listen to you, given how badly you've gotten it wrong in the past? Why should we listen to you moving forward? When we return, we'll talk with Brett Coconitis about his uh, yeah. lawsuit against said, You just Donut. fought one hell of a fight, and I know you hate me, and you got the right to kill me now, and I wouldn't blame you if you do. But you ought to thank me before I die for the gravel in your guts and the spit in the eye, because I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue. The greatest Jimi Hendrix there. He performed uh, his hometown of Seattle back in 1970 for the last time when he appeared at a place called Six Stadium, S-I-C-K-S. Like that's where we're going to be putting all the people who took the vax and are ultimately sick uh, from everything that they have taken to get employment. And, you know, such a texture just texted in. He says, my coworker, 30, sits next to me, got the vax to be hired. He was diagnosed with myocarditis shortly after him being hired. So uh, just another example, D-Dowd Muska. So uh, there you are. We got uh, Brett Coconitis here uh, joining us via phone. He's got a lawsuit against uh, libertarian uh, candidate Karen Bedoni. She said she was going to be a Republican forever, uh, but that was not the case. Uh, Brett Coconitis joins us live via phone. How are you, Brett? Hi, Eddie. Great. Great to be back on the Kiva with you. Yeah, you did a great job when you were here. I enjoyed having you. And uh, let's get into this conversation about what you filed, what you found, the data. It's dense, 72 pages long. Lots of information there, uh, Brett. And it looks like you got more than a few legs to stand on. She spent the money, it looks like. And a billboard was erected and it wasn't reported. And we've got dark money in politics, which could upset the apple cart. We got a lot of uh, disenchanted Republicans trying to jump ship to uh, get on with the patriot Karen Bedoni. But uh, I don't know that she'll be able to make it much further, given that it's uh, potentially campaign laws are already been broken. What'd you find? So basically, it's not a lawsuit to be to to be clear. It's actually an ethics complaint that we filed with the New Mexico 
State Ethics Commission, which recently, as of today, has been referred to the Secretary of State's office uh, to to force Karen to come into compliance or at least explain herself. I don't know how she's going to come into compliance. The compl- uh, complaint that we filed alleged a couple of different key factors. One is that there's billboards on I-40 in Torrance County that's paid for by an entity called Private Persons of New Mexico. At the time that we filed that report, that entity was not registered as an independent expenditure committee or other filer with the Secretary of State's campaign finance information system, which if they you know, spend more than $3,000 on a statewide race, they're required by law to do that. Furthermore, do we, do we know, Karen, but really quick, do we know the cost or do you happen to know the cost of that billboard? Or she has it. We do not know the cost of the billboard, okay. but uh, for as long as it's been there, we would assume that that cost is far in excess of three thousand okay. dollars plus the printing. Uh, there's other evidence that we've submitted where similar disclosures are present on campaign banners that have been used at events uh, that have been plastered on the side of vehicles and caravaned around. And furthermore, the the candidate has specifically posted pictures on all of her personal and and official campaign social media featuring her in front of those campaigns. Okay. There you go. So as you know, you know, like when we campaign, when I campaign, right. Yeah. You know, it's there, right. You know, who's putting that up there. And you got to put the disclaimers on there. They have to have the disclaimers, but here's, here's the argument that we're making. Karen has, you know, from the beginning of her campaign, said that all of her graphics, photos, images, likeness, all these things belong to her and can't be used without express prior permission. So an independent expenditure is prohibited from coordinating with a candidate Mm -hmm. in the ad creation or in the paid placement of advertisements. Mm -hmm. And in this case, we believe that the campaign. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. I was waiting for you to finish there. So uh, here in the city of Albuquerque, we had uh, sort of a coordinating uh, factor with the Manny Gonzalez campaign, and I decided to uh, go ahead and withdraw my complaint against him. He had lost. I had lost. There was no sense in beating each other up after the fact. And, uh, you know, they tried to you know, sort of counter a claim against me. But long story short, uh, you have to declare there should be no coordination uh, between uh, entities that are dark uh, or separate entities in the city of Albuquerque for clean campaigns certainly keeps that. It's the same as the state level. What else uh, do you have? Well, I mean, this is really kind of our test to see what the Secretary of State and the SEC is going to do, right? When we challenged Karen Bedoni's signatures for her nomination to the Libertarian ticket, we raised a lawsuit. We inspected all of her signatures, which, which were not many, uh, there was just slightly over the qualifying amount. What, what was, and that, number? What was that, that number? I'm eager to hear. <laughs> I don't remember the exact count that she had. Uh, I want to say it's around like 250, 260 or so. Uh, for her to qualify on the Libertarian ticket, she needed 230 registered Libertarians to sign her nomination petition. Basically, and we uh, knocked if we out wanted a good to do that, yeah, basically you and I could have uh, decided to run or anybody else who wanted to run. I think uh, it's an unprincipled approach for someone who's an opportunist. uh, And moreover, someone, uh, uh, you and I both saw her at the uh, state Republican convention where she participated as a Republican gubernatorial uh, candidate. This uh, sort of gets into the lines of that um, 
the uh, crying foul or the sore loser law, uh, but she did not cross that because they were two primaries. But uh, that's something that she would have ostensibly violated as well, sore loser law. You're not able to run again as a, another party member. She uh, opted out of Republican and became a libertarian. And I think that's also something that should get the attention of the Secretary of State. Yeah, exactly. I mean, here's the thing. She couldn't qualify to get on the ballot as a Republican. Withdrawals goes and tries to qualify for a libertarian kind of at the last hour. Couldn't qualify as a libertarian. I'm unsure on how her supporters think that Karen has a path to victory. Anything that is happening right now in this election cycle to support Karen is essentially voting for Michelle Lujan Grisham. Well, Dow, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Brett Kokonitis is, is on the phone with us. Brett, I got to tell you that I'm uh, very excited that you're doing this. This is the work that the Republican Party itself should be doing, uh, but has decided to not uh, do so. Uh, and the reason why it should fall apart the, uh, on a part of the RPNM and the leadership is because she did participate as a gubernatorial candidate, yet you had to go ahead and do this. Uh, have you got any support from the Republican Party uh, did they put you up to this? Did they have any participation, or is this something that you've uh, done separately? Oh, no one's put me up to anything, Eddie. This is all you know within the realms of what Stop NLG and our political action committee has done. And keep in mind, I'm also the first vice chair in the Santa Fe Republican Party, and I filed the complaints with the SEC on on both behalf of myself, my PAC, and and the party itself. I think that I represent the Republican Party in this na- mm. in this effort. Just like I have when we have filed successful ethics complaints against Michelle Lujan Grisham, which have made national news. Kudos to you. Thanks for doing it. I suggest uh, highly that you run for a party position within the Republican Party. I just got a text from somebody who said, I know that for a fact that particular billboard is $3,500 a month, and this person would know that. And I'll be happy to put you in touch with them. So we actually have a cost tied to that. One receipt, uh, it'll either have to count as a donation. uh, But as you started out the conversation, Brett, uh, this is not something that uh, she can remedy or rectify because this has happened in the past. Yeah, I don't really know how. You know, by statute, I don't really see a way uh, for her to, to, to fix the situation because it's an unreported independent expenditure. There's coordination. There's fines and penalties associated with it. But, you know, like we've seen before, the Secretary of State obviously has taken an interest in defending Karen's campaign in the past, dismissing our lawsuit on a, on a very benign technicality where we had time to cure the misstep that was done by our counsel, uh, but they wouldn't let us do it. The courts wouldn't let us do it. The Secretary of State came in and defended Karen's position because they want her on the ballot. There's no way Karen's going to win, but Karen is an excellent asset to assist in the re-election of Governor Grisham. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, she has, of course, met with uh, Governor Mich- Michelle Lujan Grisham out there. She has stated so uh, as much, uh, which is what started her uh, <clears throat> ascension, if you will. You can call it that in her run. She placed third in the third congressional district. And then uh, after that, I, I don't think the next follow-up to that should be running for governor of the state of New Mexico. I don't think that she is uniquely qualified. Uh, if she can't even get this right, could you imagine uh, her being governor of the state of New Mexico? It would be an absolute disaster. And I know Karen, and I like Karen, uh, but I do not like the person that she has become uh, post leaving the Republican Party. I don't think that this helps our overall cause for what she and I and you and everybody else have been working towards. This seems to be uh, an opportunist take and uh, shame on the Libertarian Party uh, for also exploiting her and taking advantage of that. Uh, your final thoughts? Well, Eddie, I, you know, just a, a side note, I don't think the Libertarian Party even wants her as their candidate. And that okay. was pretty clear in, in the primary election results. I mean, she only had about 900, I believe, 963 votes. 
you know, out of the 14,000 or so eligible libertarian voters in the state of New Mexico. So those numbers speak from the, for themselves. And if we look at the patterns of behavior, Stop MLG and my efforts over the past four years have been, you know, strongly against the governor calling her out on her missteps and illegal activities, even elected yet. And we've already proven that Karen can't follow simple things like campaign finance law. This is very scary. And the thing that the supporters of Karen need to understand is that a vote for Karen is going to reelect Michelle because it's going to be a very slim margin. Mm-hmm. And we all need to get behind making sure that Grisham becomes a one-term governor. And I think nobody wants uh, Karen Bedoni to run uh, more for governor of the, state, of the state of New Mexico than Michelle Lujan Grisham. And I think we can all be in agreement on that. Great work, uh, Brett. Please run for a statewide office. You deserve it. Uh, great leadership and uh, great job on this. I, I really, really do appreciate you for doing so. Brett Cookanitis. There he is. So uh, nice quick report. So I don't have to read through all of it Dowd. So a lot coming up in the second hour. Thanks everybody for joining us right here in Nikiva on AM 1600 KIBA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. The great Jimi Hendrix. Well, a lot more to get to here in hour number two. I'll get right back to you one of these days. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie five, Aragon, the, the Rock of Talk. Five. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on EM 600 KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Hour two coming at you from the ABQ on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as Audible. And don't forget, you can download our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com, as well as become a subscriber for less than 20 cents a day at rockoftalk.check. Get all the insight uh, right there as uh, Dowd will have an article for you by about 3 p.m. tomorrow for you subscribers. And uh, right in your inbox at 4 a.m. is your daily blast. You'll get that, plus the show notes as well as anything else. Uh, Natalie helping along with that. Thanks, Natalie, for all that you do. And uh, thanks for getting everything up so we can stay on top of things. Uh, You might know the uh, speed of the show is going a little bit faster. And uh, there's a good reason for that. So um, more to come on that a little bit later. But uh, thanks for the engineers for helping uh, with everything uh, yesterday uh, as well, including engineers that I don't like very much because uh, let's just say they haven't been very helpful to me. But uh, we'll thank them nonetheless because that's what classy people do. Um, I think that might be the first time I've ever referred to myself as stay classy, Eddie Aragon. Uh, It's not something that's uh, in my wheelhouse. uh, as a radio personality, but Brett Coconitis said something that was uh, very nice to me, uh, not now, but uh, a few days ago. He says, you know what, I had to get used to the difference between Eddie Aragon, the candidate, uh, the state party chair candidate, the, the CD1 candidate who plays second to Mark Moores, or or the uh, mayoral candidate who represented the Republican Party in a uh, non-party election, right? And uh, I really appreciate that, Brett. Brett should uh, definitely run uh, for something. Uh, D. Dowd Muska here in the Kiva. We're going to get to this homeless park. And I think on that front, uh, if we're talking about homelessness uh, in the city of Albuquerque, I certainly had the best plan. Um, there's no doubt about it. And now you literally have uh, Tim Keller executing my plan, just like he picked up one ABQ. Who'd he pick that up from? That was me. I'm the one that owns oneabq.com, the number one abq.com. And then he decided to go with that. He's also picking up my homeless plan. He can get my scraps all he wants. Unfortunately, you guys are getting the scraps 
of his very, very horrible and terrible progressive mayoral administration. And just the uh, latest uh, coming from Tim Keller is announcing the closure of Coronado Park in August. Uh, uh, I wasn't surprised to see this uh, until apparently the Albuquerque Urinal is making all sorts of uh, hay out of this. During a meeting with business leaders Monday afternoon, Tim Keller announced the city is playing. Whoa, great job. I really like what Tim Keller did. Uh, look, this is all political pressure at this point. Uh, he's not doing this because he wants to do it. He's doing this as a admitting the uh, waving of the white flag and admitting failure. Coronado Park is one of the biggest hotspots for the homeless, according to KOB Channel 4. Has also developed quite the reputation for drug use and violence. Two murders there this year alone. Status quo will not stand, Mayor Tim Keller says. Wow, listen to this. Sounds like a big beat-your-chest Republican, D. Dowd Muska. It remains a complex issue, as they often do. No, it, uh, you have a job. Uh, keep, uh, keep the city clean. Uh, do your job. While we work to determine what's next for Coronado, uh, how about it's uh, back to a park where people can play? And uh, how about uh, putting a, an old train back there that used to be there where I used to play uh, as a kid across the street from the village in? We'll keep stepping up to get folks connected to the right services. Uh, no no doubt, uh, uh, no business happier than the old Creamland dairy where my uh, uncle used to work. Is Creamland even around anymore? I think it's something else, uh, I believe. And then, of course, uh, you have. Um, Real Bravo Brewery uh, haven't been able to really leverage and utilize their place. Uh, not to mention all the industrial breweries and other art-ish type uh, businesses that are in the area. This will be a welcome, welcome change. Um, but will Tim Cre- uh, Tim Keller get the credit for the change, uh, or will people actually hold his feet to the fire? He can make this change now because he's not up for election, and uh, he has uh, probably gotten a lot. Uh, pushback from the Michelle Lujan Grisham administration to do such a move. Uh, Dowd, my political assessment of this is this comes from the top down. This comes from at the strong urging, if you will, of Michelle Lujan Grisham. Your thought? Well, I, I you, you know, Mr. Garrison from uh, South Park. Mr. There's, Garrison. There's no such, there's no, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Mr. Garrison. Um, there's no, there's no such thing as a stupid question, only a stupid person. Um, what does closing the park mean? Because on the one hand, he's saying he's closing the park. On the other hand, he's saying we're going to be continuing to offer all our services at the park. So it's closed to taxpayers and homeless people get to stay there now and the services are continued. What does closed mean? I'm, 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 is that a dumb question or uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that? All right, here we go. Great question. I love where your head's at and here's where <laughs> it needs to be. Remember there was a mayoral candidate that talked about criminalizing homeless people? Oh, yeah. In order for that park to be closed, you must pick up and relocate. These people have to be held accountable for their camping, for the vacancy. Delilah Hernandez says, I've been living here for seven years of my life. I've been staying here pretty regularly for the last three years, said Michael Paredo. How is it that they're there that long? I believe that they're there for the entirety of uh, Mayor Keller's administration. If you want nice things, you have to do the hard work. And the hard work is relocating these people to a central location, out of sight, out of mind, and making sure that these people are being taken care of to the tune of 30 to 45 days. Help them stay away from the drugs by making sure that they're enclosed encampment. Connect them with resources that will help them mentally which is very, very important. 
We've been increasing those resources, connect them to the various places throughout the city that offer their nonprofit organizations, which are, you know, of course, you can make your donations to any nonprofit out there. Joy Junction we had on. Uh, and there, these beds are quite often not filled. Take them, relocate them, use transportation services, be out there and in front. And then connect these people if they are out of state where their families are, see if you can connect them and have caseworkers stay on top of them. Equip each one of these people with a flip phone. The moment that they no longer have that flip phone and they no longer answer it, you write them off. They no longer have access to resources, services, et cetera. You gotta put them in a halfway type of house where you make a transition to help these people. That halfway house has to be something that is kept out of the way of everything else until they can actively participate. Most of these people, if not all of these people, have some sort of addiction, in which case they totally checked out. They have some sort of mental um, illness, right? In which case they didn't, they, they didn't have the ability to check out. And oftentimes it's both. And they become a danger to themselves, not being able to protect themselves. And the number of murders that have happened here in the city of Albuquerque have become homeless people, people being used, prostituted, uh, running drugs, et cetera, et cetera. You have to be active and out in front. I can tell you, if I were your mayor, I would have never been to the 11th floor, except, uh, to, I guess, to check the mailbox for something I needed to, and I would never go up there. I would have been in my car the entire time doing a show here every day from four to seven and telling the people there, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come check and see how you are, and we're going to be able to go ahead and see if we're improving our ability to serve the community of Albuquerque. Are we doing better than we were yesterday, last month, last year? And in the case of Mayor Tim Keller, it is simply not the case. Our city has failed at every single turn. If he cared enough, he wouldn't be in this position. He's been put up to this by Michelle Lujan Grisham and only because it's an election year. Uh -huh. So unless you decide, Tim Keller, and unless the people of Albuquerque decide to hold his feet to the fire and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and have to penalize these people. How are we going to do so? Well, here's, here's what you get. This is the penalty if you're doing this. That would even be better because we've emptied out the jails, right? Some of these uh, places, you might want to reorient uh, for all those people that you pulled out of the jails because you because of COVID, right? You didn't want them all infecting each other. I mean, this is something that we have to uh, definitely address, and I think that's the way to do it. I think it's pretty simple. It's just a hands-on approach and uh, transporting of these services. Oh, these people, they deserve autonomy. Well, uh, it's not autonomy if they're not anywhere of our public places. It is hurting every part of our city economically. Business-wise, you see what's happening, right? Socially, your children are paying attention to the homeless people. Uh, violence, quality of living, crime. I mean, these are issues that we could just address head on. So it took Michelle Lujan Grisham to go ahead and tell Tim Keller, hey, go ahead and clean that up because we have an election to win and this doesn't look good on our watch. If Mark, Mark Ronchetti can go out there and hang out, I think, uh, what is it, Jay Block, I think even did a commercial from a homeless camp. There you go. Back after a quick break, we're going to talk about uh, the city different and what they're doing up there. And Alan Weber, a lot of other things. The economy this hour as well. Thanks for listening. I am ABQ.FM. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do 
Hustle, Van McCoy. Back from my day, I was I was doing the hustle. I was uh, three, four months old at the time. There it is, Van McCoy and the Soul City went number one with uh, all they said is just do the hustle. Uh, let me tell you, this is like the sexiest video of the 70s, Doubt. Wow. Have you not watched this video? No. Watch it top to okay. bottom. All like right. it is, it's homework. the best. <laughs> it was the only U.S. chart hit, uh, the hustle. It made number three in the U.K. And uh, McCoy died, unfortunately, four years later on the 6th of July, 1979. So you got to do the hustle, baby. Yeah, Louis Sanchez checking in. He's doing the hustle. How do, how do you not do the hustle? That's the era that Adam Carolla says pre-AIDS mid-Coke. And that's oh when my Life gosh. in America was just the best. Like literally, literally, I mean, top to bottom, I was like, I went to go look at the hustle. I'm like, I'm going to watch this video again. It's so damn good. It, Dowd uh, will post that uh, directly. Well, you know, at, the 60s were kind of a bummer. So I think once a few, once we got into a few years into the 70s, people just wanted to have a little more fun in America. That wasn't such a bad thing. That was my era right there. Is that, is that the hustle, that video, that's that's exactly where I would want to be. And then disco got ushered in, uh, what, a couple of couple of uh, years later, really. Uh, studio, what was it? Studio 54. Studio 54. Donna Summer, Rudy's favorite. <laughs> yeah, very good. Let's see. Uh, 57000 every two weeks to clean the park. Oh, here we go on the money part. We got to talk. Forget. <laughs> was this a budgetary discussion? Are we looking to pinch pennies and save money? Uh, is this what is Calgary running out? Yeah. <laughs> wow. We actually care about what we what we pay in. Two to three hundred vouchers for hotels to stay in buses every day to Westside Shelter. Bus drivers wages more than three times twice a day and evening to transport shelter. Wasting money. Transporting homeless people is wasting money. Wait, uh, don't we already have a park and ride that's going on or a bus or uh, some sort of uh, ART? There you go. You have one hundred and twenty five million dollar homeless transportation and you hit you hit the bus line and you put one place at the top uh, at the very top and you put one place at the bottom of the other side and you make sure that they're all there and then you employ a curfew and you criminalize the curfew i remember we used to have a curfew here in the city of albuquerque when things were really out of hand you know they're not out of hand now but they were really out of hand and there was a curfew for people over the age of 14, 15, 16, 17. Does anybody remember that? Am I suffering from some level of, um, you know, hysteria? Am I misremembering something? I remember that. So here's uh, those buses are also free, by the way. Free. Uh, the fare, oh, those are those are free. Repealed, <laughs> like the rail runner. Uh, can we just uh, rail run our uh, our guys to Santa Fe? We'll get to Santa Fe in a moment. Dowd wants to tee off on uh, Alan Weber. Oh we'll gosh, do do I? <laughs> he just really wants to tee <laughs> off on. Do we even know how much it really costs taxpayers? Daily crime, policing, security for stores. We have got to stop. We have a beautiful town going bad. Uh, by the way, that is all my mother talks about. Every time I talk to my mom, she's talking about homeless people. I'm like, Mom, you live way out here. What are you worried about? It just really bugs her. So, uh, The locomotive that was in Coronado Park has been under restoration. I have my doubts they'll get the goal of using it for excursions. I don't think that the, the purpose is to use it for excursions. I just remember going to go play on the train for a number of years. And then it was gated off. Um, I was thinking they were going to try and relocate the train from Lamy to Coronado Park. I don't know. There's a train that's uh, that's there where you can go party and rent and, you know, drink it up. They serve beer on it. Pretty cool. Um, that's very funny. Doing the hustle with Louis Sanchez. Uh, by the way, that is the Republican Louis Sanchez, the real Republican Louis Sanchez, not the one that wants to be mayor, who is a uh, rhino Democrat. And yes, uh, folks, labels are important. In New York City in the late 80s, uh, Tompkins Square Park, homeless people camped out. Giuliani came into office, kicked them all out. He erected painful cast iron fences, fixed the lawns, and posted a bunch of cops there. Problem solved. That's it. I think 
Giul- Giuliani, when he was done, he went like this with his hands and he walked away. You had liberals in that city, which would mean <laughs> most people in the city praising him for making the Big Apple livable again. People who hated Giuliani for a million other reasons, but they at least made them made them feel and they actually were safer in that city. Uh, it worked. ABQ stands for a big question mark. So we compared it before, and I wanted to raise this question because the city of Santa Fe actually employed almost exactly, remember verbatim? We, do you remember? Remember that guy over there, the crazy guy, the big guy over there, the one that's 4.6% black. They never verified whether or not he was black or not. I don't even know if he was really black. How come he didn't show us his papers? Um, they located all of the homeless to one site. And only one business bitched about it. That's it. Because that's all that could bitch about it. The rest of the city can't bitch about it. Because it's the NIMBY crowd. And there's one thing they they know is not in my backyard. Meaning you got to do it all at one place. They handled it right. But for some reason, we wanted to put homeless people everywhere. In fact, Brooke Basson took it a step further. And she still has yet to go ahead and pull that back. And lest you forget, folks, that has not been undone. They're hoping to get it undone in their, a mom? in their Zoom meeting. I Hopefully. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I get your joke, but I was, I'm, I'm like, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> My mother says that your, 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 your children may grow up. They may be legal adults, but they're oh. still your children, which is a really yeah. interesting because you have children yes. and they're actual children. Mm-hmm. But my mother made an interesting point one time. She said, your children may grow up and become 18, 21, 25, in some cases 50, but they're still your children. Interesting. Okay, so let, let, me, let, me, let me tee off. Let me help set it up so Dowd can hit it down the uh, drive with his, uh, <clears throat> with his driver. Uh, uh, by the way, I am correct. Yes, there was a curfew in mid to late 1990s. They were cracking down on all the Montgomery cruisers. See how well that's worked out nowadays. Uh, not mid, employing mid that. Late 90s, interesting. Every city bus in town is free, not just the art project. Isn't it all the same? It's all city services. Okay, so Santa Fe's handling it right. Should we also train, since the train is free, should we also train all the homeless people up to Santa Fe? And what would that look like? Uh, Dowd, uh, I don't think Alan Weber would go for that, uh, despite uh, his latest uh, musings in his email that went out via constant contact and MailChimp. Yeah, this is this is a tough one for me, folks, because uh, as the great misanthropic writer Florence King, late lamented Florence King, some of you old timers who read National Review might might uh, remember the name Florence King. Uh, I don't hate, I don't care what people do to each other, uh, but I care very deeply what they do to the English language. Uh, and uh, Alan Weber is a, a, a serial uh, offender of that. So uh, he's using taxpayer resources, his official uh, newsletter, mayor's newsletter up in up in Santa Fe. Weekend reflections from Mayor Alan Weber. They, they posted this, <laughs> uh, on a, I don't know, late Monday night. So I think they missed the weekend. But anyway, uh, it's just a screed and I won't even uh, offend your ears very much by by getting into it. Uh, it's pretty much all about January 6th, the attack uh, on the Capitol, uh, the Mr. Trump's efforts to incite an insurrection that could overturn mm. the results of the election. Uh, he's seen that as a call to action, a reminder that our democracy is a fragile experiment and a lesson long overdue. Where have I heard that? Before? On the basics of civic engagement. So this is the uh, this is the mayor of the oldest state capital, uh, the highest altitude state capital. Uh, in the United States, home of uh, home of the Roundhouse, of course, where the people determine how your state level government works. But Eddie, uh, quick hit here. I, I, I've already offended people enough. I've already, you know, caused people to bring out the long nights knives and start looking at their wrists. But the final thing was the quote: "Eternal vigilance is the price of democracy." Wow. According to Alan Weber. Now, many of our patriots, many of our veterans, uh, who who 
we all employ, those of us who love our country and love our liberty, know that the statement that is attributed to Thomas Jefferson is, uh, you know, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. He's turned it around a little on us. Uh, in his world, of course, you know, liberty, you don't use the word liberty if you're a moon bat because they're all, they don't care about liberty. They care about controlling you, controlling how much water is in your toilet, controlling what kind of car you drive, uh, controlling how much money you get to keep. So uh, he's turned it on its head. Eternal vigilance is the price of democracy, not eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Uh, and he let, let, let's let's double down on this because the quote is thrown around a lot by conservatives and libertarians. They actually have it wrong. Jefferson never said that. He never wrote that. Uh, the official Jefferson uh, Monticello uh, that's run, I think, by primarily private, the private sector, they have a wonderful uh, website where they look at all of the quotes that are attributed to the, the sage of Monticello, uh, Mr. Jefferson, our third president and, the president, and they kind of debunk, you know, we, we searched all our records. We can find no example of this anywhere. It was actually said by an Irishman, John uh, Philpott Curran. Uh, he said it, I guess, uh, a couple of centuries ago. The condition upon which God hath given liberty to man is eternal vigilance. Which condition, if he break, servitude is at once the consequence of his crime and the punishment of his guilt. That's a little preview of uh, mm. the, the quote of the day tomorrow in, in oh, tomorrow's daily, daily Blast, uh, available at rockoftalk.chat, ladies and gentlemen. So Weber, uh, what I'm getting at here is he's such a dope that he misquoted the misquote. Okay, that's who you've got running Santa Fe. No, it's not just so much what he's saying, but he couldn't even get the quote coming out of the gate right. Couldn't even couldn't even get that Uh, right. Um, But again, I'm sure all the moon bets up in Santa Fe ate ate this message up with a spoon. Uh, It's all about January 6th and uh, overturning democracy. But, you know, the more we find out about all the little machinations on the left and the people who were using federal law enforcement to uh, reward themselves and block access and deny the truth about what was going on with a particular candidate and his family. I don't know. It sounds like there was some subversive uh, 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 activity going on there. I I think some attempts to undercut democracy, but you'll, you'll never hear that. I'm sure a lot of our Tibetan uh, flag wearing uh, uh, flag waving people up in Santa Fe love their mayor. But uh, Alan Weber, uh, if you're going to write a stupid message to your constituents, don't misquote the misquote. Put a little effort into it. That's All right. There we go. They're teeing off. We'll join the hustle into the next half hour. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk about the housing economy, speaking of homelessness. And then also, in addition to that, we'll be discussing the inflation and economy. song's music video has won a number of awards uh, a lot of creative uh, clay type figures as well mr bill remember mr bill does anybody remember mr bill i do um it certainly looked a lot like that um very inventive i was uh, more into that big uh song than i was sledgehammer but uh, you probably remember that uh, the most mtv's video music awards number one uh, video there and then also nominated for three grammy awards as well and uh peter gabriel there he is what, what's he doing i think we covered him i don't know a few weeks past about uh, his 
craziest goings on. All of our favorite rock and roll singers are going to find out. They're in their mid to late 70s, including a very, very 79th birthday that's coming up during our third hour. You have to stay tuned for that. We will bring up Hunter Biden as well as uh, a fellow bad man, Elon Musk. How quickly did it turn from Elon being, hey, the savior of the world, the conservative movement, to the homewrecker? And Dowd, I, 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 I once again uh, I give you another premonition that has yet come true. And I was right on Elon Musk. Everyone's telling me, he's like, oh, you're crazy. This is what we should definitely do. And I, I told you, Elon Musk is a bad guy. Uh, uh, all you conservatives were, were clamoring about, oh, look at all the followers they have. Finally, Twitter's going to be okay. Someone here to save the First Amendment. And now he's literally suing to get out of it. And he'll probably have to pay somewhere in the realm of, I don't know, three to 500 million. I'd probably say half a billion dollars to sort of make uh, Twitter whole just for... It was a lesson in not trusting in the man on the white horse to ride in and save you. And I, I, I was excited because I love the tr- Twitter platform. It's, a, it's, like a, it's like a great syndication service for delivering links and graphs and things when you, people who work in research and journalism. But um, it, we, we got to do our own thing. And, and frankly, Eddie, I'm, uh, the, the, the traffic that's gone up on rockoftalk.chat as the conversations we're having more and more every day, the numbers seem to go up. And it's really kind of good that we're building our own little discussion platform. And maybe we don't need Silicon Valley uh, and Twitter and Facebook and all those. Uh, our small little hive, if you will. Yeah. The hive that is at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, I uh, referred out to my Twitter account. Live 426, dead 430. And all the while I said F you to Elon Musk. And uh, look, there you go. It's a r- literally right there. I, I say F you to Elon Musk. In fact, I should probably uh, talk about a, a quick email that I got from somebody. Um, I think this would be good. You guys want to know if I'm <clears throat> still alive and kicking, uh, so to speak. So I got this uh, email. I forwarded it over to, to Dowd. And um, boy, it was this was comes from uh, Professor Kayer. In the, uh, well, I'm going to totally out him. Remember, I am well within my, uh, I'm well within. If you uh, decide to go ahead and decide to email me uh, or, and I know you're, if I have your cell phone number, I will out you if I don't like what you say. It's just sort of the way it is. I fight with everybody, as everybody knows. Eddie, I hope you're doing well. I apologize in advance for a strange question, but I'm an architecture historian at UNM doing some research about the Zorro Ranch. And I've come across some web articles in which you're cited as having or having seen some of the architectural plans for the house. I have them, but no. I'm not overly interested in the usual controversies. Of course you're not, because you're not one of us. You're totally fine with it. You're interested in the architecture of Jeffrey Epstein. I'm genuinely interested in the building and its history. Oh, you mean where all the small children were raped and uh, underage girls? Uh, the, uh, those lives trifling were matters is that it, happened on it, the property. Is that what you're really interested in? <laughs> uh, so you're going to love my response to all this but never. So I wonder if you may be willing, able to share those drawings with me. I've talked with several of the contractors, but never the architect. I thought the architect was originally a firm named Cooper Robertson in New York, and they claim it wasn't them. Any insight you may be willing to share or people I might be able to connect with would be so helpful. I'd be grateful for any help. Thanks in advance for considering my best. And it says Aaron. And at the very bottom, boy, Dow just loves it when Aaron Kao, PhD, he slash him. Besides the uh, a very offensive and invasive way to try and contact me by email on this, assistant professor of architecture, history, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we really want to document this stuff. A place that should be destroyed, seized, et cetera, et cetera. 
Do you want me? I, I literally snapshotted his signature, sent it back to him, crossed out his he or him. I said, clearly not a chance. You don't even know who I am. And then he says, uh, this is where he volunteered. Thanks for replying in any case. The signature details are mandated by the University of New Mexico. All right, cuck. He says, I hear you, exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. This is the guy who had laughed, smiled to my face. Get me what he needs. And you know what? I, I turned around. And I said, hey, F off. Don't ever contact me again, Eddie. That's all you get right there. Don't contact me. I'm not your friend. I'm not your buddy. I don't have to share anything. And did you at all think about the victims? Mm. Did you think about Jeffrey Epstein? Do you think about the, what these women went through? How about Ghislaine Maxwell? Oh, no. I want to check out the uh, architecture that was out there in the largest house in the state of New Mexico. I'm not, I'm under no obligation to help anybody with any of that information. Remember, we are the people who put forth the petition to Cesar Ranch. We had the signatures that we needed from the city of, uh, from the Santa Fe County and got zilch, nothing, naughty. You think I'd turn around and give it back to somebody who's employed by the largest state employment uh, office in the state of New Mexico, which is the University of New Mexico? Hell to the no. No way that that would happen. You want to know what our professor works on, Eddie? Oh, I would love to hear, Dowd. I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> his, his current research uh -huh. focuses on the histories and theories of corporate architecture practice mm. as they overlap with those of labor, capitalism, and urban political economy. Do I got a nose for it? Do I just got a nose for it? I mean, it's just like I can smell your BS coming right through the... It's just like the, 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 uh, the, the same thing with Elon Musk. I think you can smell the BS. I'm like... I am allergic to it, and I have to get it out of my system because I have self-preservation. That's the whole entire thing. And I'll share that with you insofar as I can share it on the radio. Do what I do, okay? And, and follow my lead on this stuff. Waste no time, have no time for these people who would only take from you without giving you. Did he offer up anything? I'd be willing to pay you a large sum of money, like the people who were willing to do so from across the pond. Daily Mail, they pay very well. You've got information, pictures, architectural drawings. Guess what? They pay for it. How about and a so donation to you. the victims fund? That would be. Uh, oh, I think that would be even it. better. Doubt. Thank you. I, I almost uh, apologize on behalf of, of, of everybody who listens here for not thinking of that first. But uh, as you always, the very uh, generous and thinking of other people, uh, despite uh, being, as you sometimes say, the, some of the most selfish uh, persons that, that you know, and I don't think that that is the case. So let's talk for a moment about housing. What's happening since the largest houses, is it still up for sale on Sotheby's? Sotheby's still uh, by appointment only. You'd like to see the 33,333 square foot architectural masterpiece of Jeffrey Epstein. I believe it's still for sale. I believe the average house for sale uh, now going down in Santa Fe. I believe the average house uh, climbed over 600,000. Median house prices up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, over 600,000. Not very affordable. <laughs> right? Uh, here in the city of Albuquerque, it reached its highest. The crescendo uh, attached itself to over 300,000, I believe, here in the city of Albuquerque. It's all going the other way, folks. You might want to get with some realtors who have been through some transactions, who understand the markets, who aren't trying to sell you, who don't need to make that sell. Hey, I hope I hope my client, I advise you to just go ahead and pay the highest and best price. We're in a bidding war. I'd, I'd add a 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. Like, you go and Tracy aren't about that. No. We got comps. We got when a non-disclosure state, uh, we know that more houses are now coming on the market that are coming out. You've got negotiating power. You've got leverage. And besides, there's some other opportunities. In fact, for the very first time, as Tigo put 
on his show on Saturday mornings, which is uh, 415, 415 episodes strong, he said, there are now for the first time since 2012, more houses coming on the market than there are transactions being had. It means the first time there's more coming in that are going out for the first time since 2012. Think about that for a second. Wouldn't you want to be with realtors who have actually been through that war, that process and taking you through that so that you can actually understand what's happening? Data and expectations with the expertise that you need is what's going to leave. Now, before I do too much of a commercial here for Tigo and Tracy, let me actually talk about the issue and I'll probably climb into a uh, <clears throat> another segment here. And, and I think it's an important uh, thing that we, we acknowledge that housing prices, the bidding wars are officially over. They're over, folks not happening. No one's bidding up. There are multiple bidders. People are waiting. The interest rates will go up tomorrow. If you're lucky, three-quarter points. You've never seen a three-quarter point push on top of a three-quarter point, one and a half points over the last 60 days. You've never seen that in the history of this country. You just haven't seen it. Like they're trying to stave off an economic catastrophe at this point. Right now, houses are staying on the market longer as the bidding wars fizzle. We'll carry this into the uh, next segment because it also leads to inflation consumer culture. Epoch Times uh, writing about this. For the four weeks ending July 17, the typical home was on the market for 19 days before being sold. One day more than the same period back in 2021. You're going to see this increase. People are now tapering off. They don't have the confidence but it doesn't mean that more transactions, you're actually going to be able to find some more value. You're going to find people who have to get out of their mortgages and they're going to put up their houses for sale. We'll talk about that as well as inflation in the economy and we return on In the Kiva. Thanks for listening. keyboardist and vocalist uh, from that band, Grateful Dead, back in 1990. Found dead on the floor of his home at the age of 38. Not grateful and uh, very dead. I uh, did not get to make the age of the other members, including the very cherry Garcia, whose voice you hear there. Uh, died, uh, what do you think he died of, Doubt? Um, 38, uh, myocarditis, and something along. Pre, Pre-Fauci vax, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we joke, we jest. Uh, drug overdose, yep, there you go. Didn't see that coming. His 11-year tenure was longer than any other keyboardist on the band. A famous trivia there, right there. Brent Myland, a uh, man you've never heard of, but uh, you should know what happened uh, to him. Uh, stay tuned, Hour 3. You and me and the Dowd will make three for Hour 3. Uh, we'll get back to housing in just a moment. Let me read a couple of your quick tests. Hey, Eddie, just check it out. There are states like Missouri that are allowing the FBI to go in and do an on-site review concealed carry permit. 
how can we find out if that's not happening in New Mexico or not? I think we covered that yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we mm-hmm. covered that pretty. So check our archives. You might want to subscribe to rockoftalk.chat. Basically, and- it was always there in the federal legislation from 68. Like, I, like I've been talking about the public health thuggery of the last two and a half years, the language in the regs, the language in the statutes, it was just waiting for someone to exploit it. And like those old mines from World War II that blow up some, some ship today. We need to root out that stuff and uh, scrutinize it a little more carefully than we have. So in other words, it is there, find it, and uh, just be prepared. They might show up in your door. We taught you how to handle that uh, as well. Without a warrant, there's nothing that you have to agree to. And uh, just, uh, you know, offer them a cup of coffee, a cheese Danish or, uh, you know, whatever. Just say, hey, welcome. Appreciate your service. What can I do for you? Come back with a warrant and uh, let me know what you need. And I'll be glad to help you out. But until I get that warrant, uh, I'm going to preserve my Fourth Amendment uh, rights. Okay. <clears throat> Speaking of homes in your houses, uh, the Fauci ouchie. Oh, the Joe Show just checked in. The Joe Show, uh, his ads are now running. Uh, he he just uh, heard his ads, so he was he was very worried. Um, he's one of our newest. Ad- he is our newest advertiser here on the radio station. Here's here's his business. Please patronize it. He's the bug guy. Eesh, ants and termites everywhere. iBugGuyOrganic.com. A residential and commercial exterminator everyone trusts. iBugGuyOrganic.com. 505-850-6550. I think the organic part is uh, pretty important. You don't want any of those lousy uh, pests uh, kind of permeating your place. But what's even worse is, you know, some of the stuff uh, you might want to look at a great movie called Michael Clayton uh, with the weed be gone and the other uh, <clears throat> soylent green, if you will, that's, <laughs> that's in there. Such a well done movie, ladies and gentlemen. It will make you almost like George Clooney <laughs> for he, two hours. <laughs> oh, it, that, I'm telling you, his character is my hero. He's a fixer. It is George Clooney's best role of all time so um, there you go okay so i know you're waiting for the housing information and it's not good so more houses coming on but it just changed it from a seller's market into a buyer's market and you look for unique opportunities people who have transacted something the past three to five years um you probably want to know a little bit more about the positioning of that person and uh financing you might want to get that credit score up uh quite a bit because I doubt if you're in the sub sevens that you're going to be able to get a home loan. It's going to be far more, it's going to be more a selective group um, that's going to be able to go ahead and uh, borrow on this. So what about home building? Business Insider has the latest on this. The nation's largest home builder says more buyers are canceling deals amid growing real estate market pessimism. It's from Lloyd and Rodriguez. 24% of its contracts fell through in the recent quarter. Just think about one in four. How do you roll out uh, a new can't product? Be normal, Eddie, right? I mean, well, not only is it not normal, but uh, to begin with, there was already these home builders who were holding back from 2007, 2008, 2009. They are not in it to solve Joe Biden's problem of, well, there isn't enough housing. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. They just don't care. <laughs> uh, competing with the uh, <clears throat> Black Rocks of the world who are now literally buying neighborhoods uh, and they don't need to finance money. They literally just uh, pay 25% down in. Yeah, we'll buy uh, those 14 blocks over there and uh, rent it out. Rental rates aren't exactly going to go down quicker than the price of homes. So to find a home isn't going to get necessarily cheaper, plus inflation, energy costs, et cetera, et cetera. You get the picture, folks. Home buyers have been pulling back in the face of higher mortgage rates and market uncertainties. That last part is something where there's a lot of gray area where you have to play and you want to have the right experts uh, on your side to help you navigate that, which means these are people who have to be in a position 
provide you with the expertise that you need. They don't need to make the deal. Please buy it. I just hope my client closes so I can get paid the commission. No, you don't need that. That's what you want to stay away from. Because right now it's hand to mouth for a lot of realtors out there. To counter the slowdown, home builders are offering more incentives and reducing their production. No new homes going to be hitting the market. More incentives? Well, if you qualify and you'll be competing for that. According to D.R. Horton, the nation's largest home builder by production is no exception. 24% of its contracts fell through in three months ending in June. The company reported in third quarter earnings call on Thursday. The cancellation rate of 24% was up 7 percentage point from a year prior. The Fed Reserve, which will increase tomorrow, hopefully only three quarter points, but likely could be as much as a point. To bring the economy into equilibrium, should have done it a lot earlier, guys, raised mortgage rates and priced out many would-be buyers, putting a dent in the demand for homes. According to Freddie Mac, the average U.S. fixed rate, 30-year mortgage, is at 5.54. It's going to go post-6 tomorrow. You're going to be looking at 6 and a quarter. We're going back to 2002, baby. This rate is a notable increase from a pandemic low of 2.68%. 2.68%? That's free money. That's house money all day long. So as rates rise, what does that mean? $400 higher than just a year ago, those mortgages are. With gas prices going up, food prices going up, and everything going up, it's going to be pretty hard to afford a new home, don't you think, and make ends meet? How about that vacation? Probably not going to take it. How about that road trip? Probably not going to take it. How about that, uh, you know, special gift for him or her? Probably not going to do it. Probably going to reduce your subscription services, et cetera, et cetera. Can't pay for Netflix for an entire year because you just got to pay one of your mortgage payments. DR Horton ended its third quarter with 56,400 homes in inventory, up 19%. But David All, the company's president and CEO, chucked up much of the slowdown to payment shock among home buyers. He says, <clears throat> This is, uh, and I quote, we got a 100 basis points increase in long term rates over three or four day period. Unsustainable. I think that impacted cancellations. You think? You don't need to be CEO of the largest home builder to go ahead and put that out there. So the rate among home builders overall, not as high as DR Horton, but about 15%, one in seven. According to the results of the survey conducted by John Burns Real Estate, they marked the highest rate since April of 2020. Uh, you're going to see that uh, rate increase. But fear not, folks. If you've got cash in hand and you can put more down, uh, be prepared to take advantage of people who aren't in such a good position. And let me tell you something about the virtue of selfishness. Don't feel sorry for these people. They got in, they're big boys and girl, girls, they're adults. They signed the contract. They thought they were gonna be able to go ahead and do it. You know, I was under contract on a couple of deals and I'm like, uh, no, I'm backing out of these. I'm not gonna move forward with either one of these deals. Thankfully, I didn't because the prices of both of those properties, one a new home, one a condo unit, is going to de decline, and I'm tracking that stuff daily. What's the other thing that's really happening, and you're seeing it right now, I'm, I'm tracking homes both in Texas and Arizona as well as New Mexico, and I'm looking at it across the board. I'm seeing more homes, and I'm tracking a, a pool of 10 in both Texas and Arizona and New Mexico. I've seen exactly zero transactions in New Mexico. Six of the 10 sold under contract in the last day in Texas and three of the 10 sold in Arizona. I think more people are gonna be flocking. You're gonna be looking for that margin, five, six, 7%. They save on the current income tax. Why not relocate to a place like a red state? However, politically, I told you what that already means. We need more people to stay in place to turn their states red so we can retract these policies because eventually they're, they're gonna be priced out of those places as well. 
more people flocking to red states, they become more expensive. Case in point, Boise, Idaho. Look at what's happening up there. 62% Dowd in Boise have had price reductions on their homes. That is the hottest real estate market. That's an indicator of what's going to be happening overall. So I'm not saying that 62% is going to be the drop. I'm saying 62% of the people put their uh, housing prices on drop. And those are astute investment type buyers, people who are buying second and third homes, certainly in that area. And it's an absolutely gorgeous area. But if they're not maintaining, that's the money that's leaving first. And uh, let's not uh, forget, Boise, Idaho is one of the safest places. Only four murders. Four murders, folks, in all of, uh, I believe, 2021, according to the numbers uh, that I had. How is that even possible? How do you have four murders in the city? I wonder so many people flock to that. Uh, third hour up next, we're going to talk about Walmart. We're going to get to the International Mon- Monetary Fund, some of these numbers here. Consumer caution, uh, not just Walmart uh, reporting, but also GM reporting today. We'll also talk about Arizona directly, taxpayers in Arizona funding students, no longer the schools. That's exciting stuff uh, for sure. And we'll get on Elon as well as uh, Hunter Biden. We'll do uh, a couple of uh, Twitter and TikToks if we have the time, uh, your texts. And of course, we have any room at all here for our very, very busy show. We'll take your calls at 505-550-5500. That's 550-5500 right here in Nikiva. We certainly hope that you're enjoying the new format of the show as well. A little bit more fast-paced, a little bit more information, and a lot more fun for me and Dow. Thanks for listening. Hour three, you and me, and the Dow will make three here for our third hour. Rockoftalk.com with my handy dandy human supercomputer, the DDoWD 3000, right here for your hour three. Not commercial free. We'll be playing commercials all the way through the hour, but getting to a lot of 
various uh, stories that we have to address. And you will be looking back in anger because you didn't take advantage of the last uh, free ride of the last. Uh, it's been a great ride. Twelve years. You actually got two cycles. It used to be the cycles of the seven. And then we got rid of that. Let's not forget seven, you know, plus 14. Well, right around uh, 2022. There you are. You went through a double cycle. All to help uh, Barack Obama as president. Did I hear something? I, I heard a man who is audibly black on the radio and he was talking about no bail, the bail reform. Was that some mayor? Was it a black mayor of uh, some blue city Dowd? It sounded uh, like that to me. Yeah. I'll, yeah. That was, I was like, what's going on? You get, um, you know, you're moving the needle when, when black mayors suddenly uh, walk away after they're getting elected by the, uh, the woke citizens of said blue city and blue cities are failing everywhere. Hour one, we covered Donald Trump is American agenda. First him talking about exactly that. I believe it's going to be a Trump, DeSantis, uh, top bottom uh, president, vice president ticket. I think he's feeling somewhat confident. First time he's visited Washington, D.C. Uh, since uh, he has left Washington, D.C. on that uh, very uh, sort of infamous time. Now the J J6 is becoming as uh, something that we just have to talk about all the time. Have you talked about J6? Where were you the for J6? day in American COVID, history. COVID-19, all this stuff. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. But Hey, you guys, uh, you can't be a whiny liberal forever. Uh, we also talked to Brett Kokonitis, his case against uh, Karen Bedoni on behalf of the Republican Party, the Republican Party not helping him or really needing to help uh, Mark Ronchetti. We talked about COVID, uh, all this stuff you can get at rockoftalk.chat after the show. Uh, COVID-19, uh, we also covered um, the lying about uh, RNA, mRNA vaccines, its failures, the sudden cases uh, of deaths and the SADS death. Hour two, including... Uh, Albuquerque mayor announcing the closure of Coronado Park. Hey, you're welcome, Albuquerque. You could have been done a lot earlier. How about when I took office? But you didn't want that. Uh, so there you go. We also discussed housing and how much that is changing uh, as well. And uh, Edad Muska's uh, tirade wasn't that on Alan Weber. And uh, now we'll get into economics and inflation. Hopefully we'll have some some time. We'll get to your text uh, and calls here. But uh, Several uh, notices went out today, D-Dowd Musk. The International Monetary Fund releases forecast for global growth and its world economic outlook. Um, any idea how that uh, turned out as uh, meek and dismal as uh, I thought it did? Uh, yeah, uh, the IMF is revising its outlook uh, downward, folks. Oh, uh, and of course, see. the International Monetary Fund, one of those international organizations that done has done so much to... Uh, support sound currency and, you know, sound fiscal policy all over the world. I actually used to live across the street from the IF. Really? When I was wow. uh, at Thurston Hall, a freshman at George Washington University. Were there for the uh, sirloin, uh, sirloin uh, uh, happy hours? Did they have that? I, I saw all those international bureaucrats uh, pampered, you know, walking in and out while we poor freshmen lived on, you know, top ramen and middle ramen and bottom ramen noodles. Uh, the baseline <laughs> forecast for the IMF I guess, here, here. Uh, just came out today, today. Yeah. Uh, they were looking at 6.1% uh, for, they were, they were expecting 6.1% mm. last year to 3.2% uh, is their new outlook for uh, 2022. Oh, it is okay. a uh, four percentage, uh, tenths of a percentage point lower than their more uh, most recent one, a projection in April. So lower growth, not just for the U.S., lower growth, for the world, the uh, Eddie, Eddie just gave you the, the home prices uh, uh, in May, 19.7% higher compared with the same month last year marks the second month of slower increases as the housing market cools due to higher mortgage rates. And uh, I, I don't know why this would concern people, uh, increasing concern and worries over uh, inflation. Uh, the uh, next number is... Uh, yeah, the uh, Case Shillers 
Uh, the 20 city uh, drill down. This is important and yep. sort of leading right into that is, well, your largest investment is that, but Case Shiller has been doing this forever. It's pretty reliable. And uh, what do we look at the home price index overall? Is it increasing? Uh, I got the new home price, new home sales mm-hmm. uh, plunged 8.1% to a seasonally adjusted rate of 590,000 in June. That is down from what the original estimate of 642,000. Ooh, no bueno. Uh, and the Commerce, Deport, uh, Commerce Department, uh, Gina Raimondo, our wonderful Rhode Island governor now working for Joe Biden. She reported that uh, on uh, today, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah and, and not, not in a recession, Raimondo no. might let you know. She was also uh, in the competition, uh, if you will, for another cabinet position, just like uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham was. She was trying to be health secretary. Raimondo became the treasury secretary. And you take these governors, these female governors, uh, particularly of a minority status, and you place them in uh, said cabinet. Uh, how about the conference board on, and the most important one, how confident do our listeners feel overall as a pool of people? And then we'll jump into Walmart and GM. No bueno there either. What do you got? Yeah, conference board, uh, the Consumer Confidence Index. Oh, they trademarked that, Eddie. So I, I don't Sorry. know if I'm allowed to even use that. Uh, I'm a journalist. Uh, decreased in July following a larger decline uh, in June. The index now stands at 95.7, of course, from the, the, the standard oh, wow. 100. Uh, down 2.7 points from wow. 98.4. Oh, that's a plunge. In June, yeah. They were expecting 97. They went to 95. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, were at um, uh, 98.7. That's uh, that's a that's a considerable fall. Normally, these only move, at, you know, half a point either way. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty nominal. Uh, not only that, but the present situation index. That's what they look at: uh, current business and labor okay. market conditions. That fell. The expectations index, based on consumer short-term outlook for income, business, and labor market conditions, also ticked downward the fifth district the feds the fifth district they're based in richmond the old capital oh, yeah. of the lost cause mm. uh, manufacturing activity improved but remained relatively flat in july uh, according to their district that's the fed in richmond the composite manufacturing index rose from negative nine in june to zero in july as two of its three component indexes showed marked improvement so there's a little, maybe a little hope there. But well, people not. going back to work, coming out of COVID, uh, sure, putting, uh, sure. you know, pen to paper. But uh, really, we talked about that yesterday. There should be a new measurement for GDP and it should be productive measures, not just service sector things, uh, because that's largely factored into our GDP. But uh, actual real production is anything that's manufactured, folks. Something we produce made in the old USA, do you doubt? <laughs> Indeed, and nothing... Uh, Nothing says uh, American manufacturing like General Motors. Uh, mm. Net profit tumbled 40%. They reported wow. that today. Woo. Uh, that's for the second quarter of this the hot year. One. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, whatever you, whatever your feelings about Silicon Valley, not great news there either. Microsoft, uh, let's see, they had a, um, they turned in the slowest revenue growth since 2020. Mm. A 12% year over year in the quarter, which ended on June 30th, of course, that's the That's got to be its quarter. biggest fall in the last 15 years. Yep, they missed their estimate. But, uh, and I guess if you don't like Google, and I'm not a fan of Google, you're uh, probably happy about this. Alphabet, that's the parent company they missed uh, on their earnings and revenue for the second quarter. Let's see. They reported weaker than expected earnings and revenue uh, for the second quarter. The stock uh, did rise a little bit, so I guess investors still have confidence. But revenue growth slowed to 13%. In the quarter from 62% a year earlier when the company was benefiting from the post-pandemic's reopening. So, hey, uh, don't look back in anger, Dow. <laughs> don't look back. These corporations got to do that. We'll be back right after the break.
Little Drake there uh, for you uh, oldsters. Uh, yeah, he is the guy that all the women think is cool right now, right? I mean, uh, but he was settling a uh, lawsuit uh, back as late as 2019 on this day and, and uh, not really a good one. Um, by the way, a uh, number of lawsuits over royalty on his first six albums. In fact, how much of, I guess, what he was doing was original. But that one is uh, certainly that. They were all settled, including counterclaims spanning back to 2017, filed between Aspire and Cash Money. Cash Money, money, honey. Aspire had claimed that in 08, it signed an exclusive recording agreement with him before making a deal with Cash Money. In 09, allowing Drake to record for the label in exchange for one-third of the net profits, the terms of the settlement were not disclosed uh, there. By the way, you also heard Oasis, or Oasis, as they say in the Latin American countries. They were booed off stage during a show at the Paleo Festival, no, not for your diet, in Switzerland after the uh, singer, uh, <clears throat> who is not gainfully employed, not, not even by his band, had insulted the 35,000-person audience. Oh, nice. So, yeah, as you do. <laughs> Uh, very, very British. Um, so there you go. Uh, by the way, we didn't talk about Walmart. We should talk about uh, what's coming out of there because that's Main Street USA, folks. Nothing more Main Street than uh, Walmart. Some great reporting there to kick off that uh, that data dump uh, for hour three. More uh, five. What, what did I say? Six oh six in the five oh five with more four one one. That is certainly more four one one than I've ever received at the beginning of the hour. I was like, oh, whoa. So much uh, good stuff uh, that's there. Let me read a few of your texts just to unload some of these. Uh, GM selling okay trucks, but everybody wants a car that's a Honda, Toyota, or a Subaru. Yeah, mm. if you see a Subaru, by and large, a Prius or a Tesla, not somebody you want to mix your gene pool with. I'm just going to put that out there uh, for you. <clears throat> Hi, Eddie. Uh, the quotes that Dowd was referring to from the mayor of Santa Fe, wasn't that used on the movie Braveheart? LOL, that's from uh, Bob and Bob, Bob. What about Bob? Have you guys heard about uh, the group of survivalist camps across the country? Check it out. Interesting to say the least. That's from uh, FortitudeRanch.com about the ranch. I guess uh, we're getting into survivalists. So suddenly now we're panicked. and Like we're already ready. Uh, the only thing I won't buy are those long-term buckets full of uh, that uh, brown stuff that they would refer to. Dow just gave me, I think... Uh, he just gave me a, a was that the the meat lovers delight that's the meat lovers yeah. the meat, meat lovers pizza from uh, i'm from an the, unapologetic carnivore oh yeah same here so yeah that's the one reason i don't like those things that come in those uh, ultimate storage buckets oh last 25 years i don't want my food to last 25 years <laughs> like that's it that's a danger i don't want stuff that's that old going through my body unless it was a live animal um by the way uh, a friend of mine yesterday guess we should uh, prepare for this. He, he already knows what I'm about to say. He's like, oh, you're finally just getting into. <sighs> I mean, this is not safe. So cover your earmuffs for the kids on this one, folks. Okay. Earmuffs for the kids. Cannibalism. Yes, the shining. Here we are. Is that what happens when they all eat the all? The Donner Party in the past? And the Snake River? Cannibal. This is from the New York Times yesterday. 
uh, dated 9.25 a.m., uh, no, a few days ago, nine, uh, July 23rd, a taste for cannibalism. Cannibalism has a time and a place. They almost feel like they're selling it through the New York Times. They probably are. Some recent books, films, and shows suggest that the time is now. Can you stomach it? Like, that is their text off their official blue checked, or as I guess a white check mark. I don't understand the difference between the check marks, by the way, Dowd. Maybe you do. New York Times has a check mark next I to it. I know that I'm never getting a check mark. <laughs> <laughs> you lose. You lose, sir. All right, back to Walmart. Where uh, hopefully we're not eating anything that is <clears throat> out of the animal kingdom um, or beyond the animal kingdom, I should more properly say. Consumer caution. Here we are. Walmart warned that higher prices for food and fuel were causing consumers to pull back. We saw that reflected today, a two and a half point drop. An ominous sign for the U.S. economy that relied on resilient household spending through rising inflation. The country's largest retailer, which warned in May that it was stuck with too much unsold goods, said on Monday that it was having to cut prices to reduce merchandise levels at its flagship chains and Sam's Club warehouse chains as well. I mean, everything's so cheap at Sam's Club. The markdowns, markdowns, folks, uh, prepare for the, we're slashing 80, 90%, have to get the shelf. We will not be undersold. Remember, Germers, we're shaving prices to the bone. You remember that? You weren't here during the day. We had this crazy guy. Uh, and then, then it became Garden Schwartz uh, Sports. I don't even know if Garden Schwartz. Uh, I know uh, one of the, the young guys was a broker over at Grub and Grubber. Uh, Seth Garden Schwartz for a time. And, but Germers, you know, shaving prices to the bone. They were unloading inventory. That was the early to mid-80s when they were doing that. The markdowns will cause the company's profits to fall in the second quarter and the fiscal year. This was, by the way, pre. Uh, Dowd pull up their uh, reportings uh, today and uh, what they reported and how they've been marked down by analysts. The warning casts a cloud over a week when a raft of global brands and multinational companies from McDonald's, reporting earnings, Procter & Gamble to Visa and General Motors are slated to update investors on the latest quarter results. This is already past, not future. Remember, going into more inflation. And the outlook for the rest of the year, Sarah Nasser reports, the increasing levels of food and fuel inflation are affecting how customers spend. Official quote from the CEO, Doug McMillan, Whoever replaced, <clears throat> wow. replaced its chief executive, suspended its dividend, withdrew financial guidance for the year as grill makers. Uh, this is uh, Weber Grills, by the way. Continued to struggle following a boom in outdoor cooking during the COVID-19 pandemic. So a uh, reduction in fuel and a reduction in outdoor grilling uh, on meats. Uh, Weber Grills is projecting sales to fall more than 20% itself in its third quarter when everyone's racing out to buy grills, generally for the summer. As consumers... Cut drastically back on their spending due to rising inflation. Uh, that was uh, Doug McMillan of Weber, excuse me, not of Walmart. So there you go, Dowd. Uh, we've got all the reports uh, that are there. We got Microsoft, we got Google, you've got Weber, you've got Walmart, uh, and then of course you got uh, gas prices. Hey, but that's okay. They've fallen nearly thirty dollars a, a tank, or I think he said a month. If I'm not, um, I know Joe Biden doesn't tweet. He doesn't know how to use a phone, uh, much less uh, come up with his own tweet. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> you ain't black. You ain't black enough. So uh, there you go. Uh, 550, 50, 500. What'll happen? People are going to be moving to states that are looking to offer more. One of those states happens to be the state, by the time I get to Arizona, Chuck D, take the money and run. Taxpayers in AZ will fund students, not school. This, of course, from my favorite place, American Institute for Economic Research. Thank you for recognizing that, Dowd. 
Um, by the way, uh, Arizona, I believe, already back in session. Their Arizona legislature passed last year the HB 2853, the most expansive school choice legislation in the nation. Mississippi almost did it. They were so, so close, right? Every school age child in the state, get this, folks. While everyone else is losing money, while everyone else is well, paying through the nose, everything's more expensive. They're not waiting for a stimmy check in the amount of $400 to show up on their doorstep for the next three months so they can win an election in the state of New Mexico. No, 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 no. Every school age child. In fact, half the state population, I, I was I, sh uh, I was shaking my head out when I found out that Arizona has 1.1 million school age children. That's amazing because they must have, what, six, six and a half million people. I think Phoenix by itself in the metro area has uh, nearly five million. Ninth largest MSA. Don't think it'll be increasing as fast as Dallas. Dallas, they uh, They're over 7.1 million now. In, in the MSA? Yeah. No, in, in the state. Yeah. Oh, in the state. Okay. Okay. Yeah, in the MSA, I think it's a little under uh, five million, like 4.9. Jeez, I wouldn't have guessed seven million. They're up past seven million now. Seven million. They've got, they've got three New Mexicos, four New Mexicos in there. <laughs> You could fit four New Mexicos into a into into Arizona. You can fit two New Mexicos, two and a half New Mexicos in in Phoenix, Arizona. And the legislature's own researchers last year, late last fall, they came out with a report saying within a few years we will start to see not our growth rate decline in New Mexico, but our actual population decline year to year. We already had that's, that. We had the lost decade. We saw that. I think. Uh, didn't we have like a well, that was jobs? Yeah, we still had old people moving in, and we still had babies. But 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 the. The migrant, you know, international migration, national migration, and then births versus deaths. We're going to be looking at a decline in this state. The best weather, relatively low cost compared food. to the coasts. Best food. Uh, you know, as I say, other than the people who want to murder you, everybody else is very nice. A lot of things going for it. And we're going to lose population. Quite oh. possibly the best travel place, too. I mean, uh, you get got... Uh... Land, sea, air, you've got oh. it all. I mean, winter, summer, you've got it all. Take a quick break. We'll be back to finish this up on what's happening in Arizona. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in here at the bottom of the hour. I need a one dance, got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time I go. I have powers taking a hold on me. I need a one dance, got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time for I go. I have powers taking a hold on me. Mick Jagger, he will eventually stop. I'm not sure at what age, but happy birthday. He didn't stop at age 79. Um, he is one of the weirdest looking dudes I think I have ever seen. His face is like if you focus and you watch this video, uh, share the video tonight, uh, Doubt, if you would, uh, in uh, in our show notes. He is such good. He's, I didn't realize how incredibly goofy his face is. And folks, if you were thinking about, uh, you know, between Pablo Picasso and uh, Men who are having uh, children in their 70s, like Picasso and, and Mick Jagger, 
Uh, it's still possible, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. You're 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 welcome. Uh, the fountain of youth is found in a rock band or an artistic uh, endeavor. So. Eddie, I don't want to interrupt, but breaking news. Yes. Our, our uh, chief uh, uh, procurer of young girls for Jeffrey Epstein, Ms. Maxwell. Oh, yeah. She's leaving Connecticut for Florida. Oh, yeah. The Bureau of Prisons has overruled the judge's decision in her sentencing, sending her from Danbury, the hat city, uh, as a native nutmegger, I can I can attest to the, the okay. hat city. Uh, of course, they use what was it, mercury, and that's why the whole Mad Hatter thing, you know, you use mercury when you were doing hat manufacturing and made you crazy uh she's gonna be moving down to uh, fci tallahassee Ooh, uh, and she will have the opportunity to continue all of her projects <clears throat> which so far have been uh teaching yoga and english and learning russian mm. uh off maybe to when she gets out she can go procure young innocent girls in russia for some other perv right. yeah i bet she can go ahead and do a number on uh putin and nurse him back to health huh? mm. and bring uh procure whatever she needs to do for the Russian president. Uh, so there you go. So, yeah, she's going to be uh, seeing, seeing greener pastures, better weather, and uh, back to her old stomping ground. She used to love going back and forth to Florida, um, as everybody uh, well knows. Uh, by the way, on the uh, Donald Trump front, uh, thanks. I've been wanting to talk about this the whole time. Uh, the Albuquerque Journal said, the tough words Trump never spoke. Script for President's January 7th speech, and here it is. <clears throat> An original script by Donald Trump's speech the day after the Capitol included tough talk ordering the Justice Department to, quote unquote, ensure all lawbreakers are prosecuted to the full extent of the law. He crossed that out and stating that rioters do not represent me. But those words were crossed out. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I guess he was probably in full agreement just yep. because he blocked those out of his uh, speech. There he goes. House panel investigating January 6th, the uh, J6 panel. Attack tweeted out a short video Monday that included testimony from White House aides discussing Trump's speech on January 7th and a screenshot of the speech. Now, before we get back to uh, more of our uh, previous discussion, uh, Dowd, uh, you found some stuff on Cassidy, yes. which you included. Uh, some inconvenient truths for her. Uh, she was uh, very much uh, seemingly a Trumper and on his side. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I must admit, folks, I, I really haven't followed this terribly closely. I do know that she was the star witness. I know that when I would drive into Corrales over the last few weeks, every morning, there'd be like Chairman Mao pictures of Cassidy up in, up in Corrales, you know, all, all the <laughs> Trump derangement syndrome. People wow. Under. But uh, near, this is from The Federalist, a good, a, a conservative website, but they do, they do actual journalism. They do investigations and research. And Molly Hemingway is one of the co-authors of this. And I recommend her book, Rigged, which looked at the very weird election of 2020. And I still have some questions myself. Uh, nearly 18 months of private chats between friends from the Trump White House show that the star witness of uh, Liz Cheney's mm. star chamber Presidential candidate Liz Cheney, 2024. Yes, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson dramatically changed her story about what she knew and how she felt mm -hmm. about what she witnessed as a White House staffer. Hmm. Now, when she testified before the January 6th. Testified uh, under the oath. That's right. Uh, she, uh, she was, I guess she said she was still struggling through the emotions of January 6th. Uh, as an American, PTSD. I was disgusted. It was unpatriotic. Oh we were watching the Capitol building get defaced over a lie. And it was something that was really hard in that Don't moment Don't leave me in digest. that room again with him. Yeah, I mean, she made all kinds of claims. Remember, did, is she the one who made the claim about grabbing the wheel of the car? Yes, yes she did. He, like, lunged, he lunged he for lunged. the wheel yes. of the car as he was. It was very descriptive, obviously very coached. You know, yep, they, they yep. do what they can. And, of course, you know, the mainstream media ate this up because it fed the, the story they wanted to push. But according to the Federalist, and I do find this a very credible website, I think mm. it's a good work. Good. In a series of private communications from December 2020, through May 2021, shared exclusively with the Federalists. So somebody, Exclusive. somebody dropped a dime on our Cassidy. Uh, Hutchinson commiserated with other targets of the probe 
about how little information she had about any wrongdoing that day and lamented how corrupt the politicized committee was. Far from being upset with Trump, Hutchinson rep uh, repeatedly spoke in favor of him and his presidency. Quote, I would rather shoot myself dead in the Potomac than see Marine One flying around this country without <laughs> 45 again. Close quote. Wow. She wrote in one message nearly three months after, after January 6th, the, uh, the darkest day in, in hmm. American history. That was an April quote. Uh, so anyway, uh, in November 2021, Hutchinson was among the first. Uh, the first former uh, White House staffers to be mm. uh, subpoenaed by the select committee, as I call it. The Did that subpoena Star come Chamber. with a large check? <laughs> so, book deal. Six days after she was issued that subpoena, she called it a, the, a quote, phony committee, close quote. <laughs> Around the same time, she told a former colleague her testimony would have nothing to offer, quote, other than a handful of irrelevant texts. I have literally no documents or anything they're asking about, close quote, she said. Uh, and then, of course, later on. But she, she does have a photographic memory, a right? Superstar of, uh, of, of Liz Cheney. Anyway, I, I will have this in show notes tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Rockoftalk.chat. Some blockbuster uh, claims by her, but then some blockbuster claims refuted by some actual texts that were obtained by the Federalist. Uh, you know, again, I don't, I'm not paying much attention to this, but uh, anybody who's uh, embraced that quickly by Corrales is probably full of crap. So, Was there really uh, <laughs> photos of her being held up in Corrales? Oh, they love her. They love really? her. Really? Liz honestly... Cheney in particular, they love in Corrales. Wow. Okay. That's great that you can just, you just we can make, uh, you know, put that stuff. Oh, and I have, I have yet to introduce the concept of the uh, uh, Liz Cheney literally, and, and you know, we, most of us in the audience, I would say, or majority, certainly those of us in the Kiva are pro-life. Liz Cheney has a 100% rating by uh, National Right to Life America. I I have yet to break it to my friends in Corrales that she is 100% uh, pro-life. They might not like her so much if they knew that fact, but all they know is she doesn't like Orange Man. And if you don't like Orange Man, you're in our camp. That's all. Uh, if you're willing to go ahead and... So uh, Turncoats, Janie, Turncoats, Cassidy, and uh, she is uh, someone who possesses a unique ability to remember in detail and write it and enunciate it in a very dramatic fashion. And uh, she achieved that, but she's now being exposed. Uh, this is seemingly going to go nowhere at this time. As you know, Donald Trump reared, uh, according to the liberals, they would say his ugly head. And he came out and basically declared for president for 2024. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for the numbers to go ahead and come out. By the way, the lottery tickets, uh, the top of the hour news had it wrong. It's going to be tomorrow is going to be the drawing. So I believe you have until tomorrow at, I don't know, 7 p.m. Uh, to get lucky uh, through the recession, uh, the upcoming recession. Uh, it would be ironic that both the recession and the third largest lottery, uh, maybe could potentially be the second largest lottery of all time, is going to be announced uh, tomorrow. So it could, but we're on the cusp of a billion dollar lottery on the day of the recession. Yeah. And that's how most wealth was built in America, <laughs> picking out lottery tickets, buying a couple of scratches. Yeah. You know, yeah. American yeah. Oil, that is. All right. So Arizona launched its ESA program. Okay, and it's a, a very uh, cool little program because it's called Empowerment Scholarship Accounts. So will we ever hear those words here in the state of New Mexico? Uh, they're also called Education Savings Accounts, Education Scholarship Accounts, Tax Credit Scholarships. And as I told you before, this is 1.1 million children who are going to be receiving. Get this, folks. This, this is really incredible under HB 2853, $6,500. $6,500 tax credit scholarships to uh, go anywhere they like. The publicly funded portion covers the median cost of tuition for private elementary schools. Even the ESA doesn't cover the entire cost. It dramatically lowers the cost for many uh, uh, parents out there. Parents manage funds through something called a class wallet program. And uh, this will all be in the show notes. A parent told the Arizona State Board of Education, I am the parent of three children on ESA, but I also have a master's degree in elementary education. ESA has saved 
the educational lives of my three children. Imagine the amount of quotes that would come out here, especially with how incredibly woke and dissatisfied the adult, very adult parents, uh, the late 40, early 50-year-old uh, parents uh, in Santa Fe, where they all believe in school choice. So school districts, in addition to this, also receive $10,392 a student. If you want your child to succeed, put her in his Arizona school. 58% state, 14% federal, 46% local. With ESEs at 6,500, one-third of the local and state spending earmarked for that student, all the federal funds will be left behind in the residency zoned school. So that is also very cool as well. So I got to tell you, this is a good thing. On the flip side for New Mexico, we have uh, more of the dismal future for the um, state of New Mexico youngsters, uh, particularly under the age of five, where they don't fare well. And most of the development takes place uh, uh, within uh, their head. So here's some of the stuff that has come out. Report details a culture of fear inside CYFD. We're coming up on the, I believe, seventh anniversary, sixth anniversary, excuse me, of uh, Victoria Martins. Uh, Colleen Heald, a journal investigative reporter, that's a loose term for investigation, has found within CYFD, when a child previously was on their radar has been seriously hurt or killed, according to their new release study, they have experienced a culture of fear amongst workers. Because the child protective services, according to the journal, are feeling overworked, underappreciated, and experience, quote unquote, that culture of fear. Sometimes frontline workers are, quote, left feeling as though they are making little difference with the families they are working to help. So for all the rest of that report, you can find uh, certainly at our partners at the Albuquerque Journal. But, you know, it's a tale of two use. Where would you want to spend it? What would you want it to be like? And uh, seemingly uh, the film industry is, uh, I think they capped it at 135 million. I think the state of Mexico has capped uh, the film incentives at 125 million. Um, They go as high as 20% per film. I mean, if the film industry is already looking to Arizona in a competitive fashion, imagine your children would probably like it uh, there as well, seemingly uh, following all their favorite celebrities and, you know, certainly uh, probably a better overall population. Uh, Seven million people can't be wrong of people who have uh, resided in the state of Arizona. All right, last segment coming up. We'll focus on Elon Musk and uh, as well as a little bit of Hunter. Too bad Ombres, as well as your top five, is from the Rock of Talk chat. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself. Well, we got to stop the show eventually. Uh, we are having a good time, and uh, thanks for joining us here on this uh, three-hour tour here in the Kiva, here in the ABQ. As always, uh, you can subscribe at rockoftalk.chat for all the notes, the links, everything else, one place, or you can just sort of wander aimlessly through our podcast and say, I think it was about that part. Uh, why not just get some direction and uh, do that? Don't be cheap. Be cheap. All right, so um, there it is. Uh, happy birthday to Roger Taylor. 
Drums, vocals for Queen. You hear him right there. Uh, plus over 40 other UK top 40 singles. Queen was very successful. I got to go back to Netflix. Something I got to say, you know. Netflix is a bad deal. I have this report right here. Survey shows why Netflix is losing subscribers. <laughs> uh, this uh, no bueno. 83% of the 280 participants use Netflix. So large, large number of people. Felt like a, a, a great investment, right? 38% name it as their preferred streaming service. 38%. So uh, four in 10. Four in 10 of our poll respondents have canceled their subscription in the wake of Netflix's changes. Wow. Four in 10 have canceled? What what changes? What are they oh, talking uh, Maybe their support of, you know, the war, pulling and kicking out the Russian uh, subscribers, and then on top of that, having a million-plus loss of subscribers. Uh, remember, uh, they lost uh, several hundred thousand in the uh, first quarter of this year. Uh, here's the uh, tier difference in the pricing for those of you who pay in for Netflix and, you know, uh, try to bogart an account or borrow one. About how many people are logged into other people's accounts on this <laughs> Uh, their basic account, $899. Uh, their new account, $999. That's for their basic. Standard went from $1399 to $1549. And their premium uh, went from $18 to $20. So what other things are they using besides Netflix? Well, there's a whole host of competitive ones. Uh, two of them uh, located right here. One's Peacock, which is NBC, 27%. Uh, 29% uh, for Paramount. 39% use, uh, that use Netflix use HBO Max. 57% use Prime Video. And then 61% use Hulu. The big trade-off is for the other woke corporation, uh, uh, D.D. Muska, Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Netflix and Disney Plus have a, a lot of symmetry between each other. Six and ten use each other's services. So 54% said the selection of the content is very influential in their decision to cancel the streaming service subscription so we know that they have been leaning more and more and more towards the left. We know they're the big deal with the Obamas and a number of other woke uh, people out there. But as of late, they've been moving more towards the center. So uh, what happens? Will the woke culture end up uh, uh, eating itself? We, we certainly know that it shut down, uh, shuts down lesbian bars up in uh, Oregon. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, they will eat their own, folks. Uh, here's the employees in week number one at that bar presented a <laughs> statement of demands. Maybe week number one of opening is not is not the time to do that. Maybe you're running out of time. Don't try to advise uh, <laughs> uh, the lesbians of the employees of that bar about uh, their own culture. Here are our they know their culture better. <laughs> okay. uh, here's uh, some other uh, interesting things without Netflix. Despite the abundance of original content, they end up trying to track down content that isn't available through any of these subscriptions. How do they do so? On their computers, free services. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. They search for a site where it can be streamed for free, 40%. Another 33% download content off of another website, and 36% subscribe to a streaming service that does have it. And 33% use a VPN. Now, here's the big one. Netflix is testing ads. You've heard of this uh, new way of going forward uh, to go ahead and keep it cheap. Well, it's not going to work out for them, according to these 280-plus people who were surveyed, because... On their lower price tiers, like basic and like whatever their second tier was, what was that? That was standard, which ads are going to be on basic and standard, but not on premium. They're going to force you to upgrade to 20 bucks a month and likely go higher because they're also going to include things like, well, probably broadcast sports. That's where streaming is really trying to go right now. And Amazon's already beat them to the punch uh, with considerably more capital. 43% of our respondents said that would be a very influential factor in their decision to cancel a streaming subscription. That's right. You want to go ahead and put ads, they will cancel. They do not like advertisements. So, uh, boy, that's not going to work out 
too well uh, for Netflix, uh, D-Down Musk. Uh, well, not, you, not a bright thing, future for the techies. Though. The other thing that I think that nobody's looked at, uh, maybe the trade publications in Hollywood have looked at, which is, you know, I canceled, I don't know, two and a half years ago, I cut the cord where cable it was just so ridiculously expensive every month. You can buy, you can rent on from the iTunes store or Amazon or, you know, any of these other uh, video on demand services. You can buy the five or six most interesting, highest-rated television shows really? just for your device and pay less for those five or six every year that you pay used to pay in a month for cable. So just go out and just buy the shows directly And because I do like good con content. I just signed up for the uh, the Jeff Bridges one. It's gotten really good reviews called The Old Man. Uh -huh. I guess he's some retired CIA agent living on the lam, and it's gotten universally good reviews. And, you know, you can buy most of these series for eleven ninety nine or you know thirteen ninety nine, you can get a bunch of these and still pay less than you'd pay in the old days for one month of cable. So uh, there's a tremendous amount of competition out there, and why a government, a state government, would get in bed with a content creator that is facing that level of competition and use your money, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I, I must be talking about somewhere else. That when that you aspire to failure as hard as New Mexico does, you True. invest in things that are certain to fail. Um, yes. You know, take a number of different endeavors. Uh, we can talk about the solar companies that have been here. Well, oh, yeah. we can certainly Eclipse employ aviation. Yeah, that was going to be our savior. <laughs> uh, Virgin Galactic. Oh, and then, too. of course, now Netflix. So uh, there you go. Congratulations to the Democrats. They can pick them in Santa Fe. Can't oh, they, they can. And, uh, and then tell you why. Well, this is why the state's not growing. Because we have people who are bagging us and not bragging right, yeah, with we're us. The problem. We're the problem. Uh, Tesla CEO, speaking of techies, Elon Musk, reportedly have a brief affair with the Google co-founder, Sergey Brin's second wife. Oh, well, it's not his first, so he can't be all that bad uh, when it comes to that. And he probably loves his money more than he loves his wife, which is why he's basically getting a divorce. Brin and his second wife, Nicole Shanahan, uh, were separated but still residing in the same home. People familiar with the situation told the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Brin filed for divorce from Shanahan several weeks after learning about the brief affair, according to the reports. Daily Caller reporting that Elon Musk doesn't think he's ever voted Republican. He says he will vote in 2022. Well, uh, not exactly the family values, man. How many times has Elon Musk been married and how many children does he have? And uh, you might want to try to figure out a different, a different Republican uh, guy to go ahead and uh, go with on that. So uh, maybe, 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 maybe that's uh, maybe that's the problem there. So here, here's the, here's the issue here. You have someone who's trying to put out cross-information on a platform that he is in a legal dispute with. Yes. And everyone is missing this point. Very odd. He's literally using Twitter, who he's in a legal battle with, trying to deal with his PR on an issue where he's likely to be involved in a legal battle with. Elon Musk has got milk bone underwear with everybody chomping at the richest man in the world. For such a man who's so smart, how did he ever embroil himself in such a situation? The personal life of the world's wealthiest individual is again under the spotlight. Uh, his strange uh, last partner who had his child by the name of, I think, XYZ ABC123. <laughs> Wall Street Journal reported this weekend that Musk's relationship with fellow billionaire and Google co-founder Sergey Bren has been shattered. What is Elon Musk referring you to? And this is why he is not going to be long for this world. A character assassination. I got to imagine that uh, Jeff Bezos, after given what he's gone through and his wife and uh, married a 1986 uh, graduate of Del Norte High School, Miss Sanchez, the very sultry Sanchez, uh, got to be feeling pretty good about his positions moving forward. He'll be paying off at least a billion dollars uh, to Twitter and um, 
likely some uh, other costly uh, things as uh, he is not able to meet his production deadlines and batteries are coming in uh, short order or very, in, they are in very short supply going forward. So we'll cover Hunter Biden tomorrow. Your top five is brought to you directly in your inbox every morning at 4 a.m. Become a subscriber today at rockoftalk.chat. Dowd, what do we got? Yeah, these are the five stories that we're most clicked on, most interested by uh, our, our subscribers took the most interest in. And number one, Albuquerque Mayor, I think I call him a scarf boy, announces the closure of Coronado Park. Hmm, we started the show with that. Uh, spiked online, British site, great. Uh, there's no such thing as a transgender two-year-old. There was a woman whining that her daycare wasn't wasn't being respectful enough of her two-year-old's transition. Great, great one. Uh, uh, number three, a KRQE, a conservation group, is fighting the oil and gas plant in Valencia County. I, I, I know a little bit about that. Six and a half hours of my life, I'll never get back. Uh, number four, uh, whining, whining, whining from public radio. People are being kicked off Medicaid. I guess all those Rona extra subsidies are uh, fading away, and we might have you know under ninety percent of our population on Medicaid. We still have that. Yeah, we're still we're <laughs> we we're we you know, we're at uh, roughly about seventy one percent. Is that correct? Yeah, for ba- yeah, seven seven out of ten kids are born on the government dole on the healthcare dole called Medicaid. Uh, number five, great great essay by an author saying that the American Empire is going away. Some of us are very, very happy about that. Let's bring those troops home and those veterans and take care of them and stop invading countries because there tends to be kind of a blowback effect when we do that. Uh, that's the top five. Uh, our subscribers pick that. You can be a subscriber at rockoftalk.chat. Oh, we got so many texts I didn't get to. Netflix are pervs. Aspire to failure, Eddie. Jagger's face looks similar to Carville's. A serpent. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Walmart is selling online full silicon chest boobs for the alphabet crowd. Sam Moulton spinning uh, in his uh, grave. Uh, so many more texts uh, that I get to uh, a little preview for tomorrow. We will have uh, some stuff on Hunter Biden. And as always, you can text me directly if you want to include something in the show at 505-550-5500. That's 550-5500. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m. for our Wednesday hump day show. Thanks for listening. Give it to me now.